This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by the entire network of DuckFeed.tv. You probably know this, but in case you don't, there are a bunch of shows on this network. Um, there's shows about indie games. Check out Comrade. Uh, there are shows about bad music videos, teenage dirtbags. There are comedy advice shows. Uh, not advice, news. Uh, those damn Ross kids. There is a general video game show called The Level. There are a lot of shows. And we think if you like this show, you will like the other shows as well. So please go to duckfeed.tv and uh, check out what we have on offer. Thanks. Hey, uh, did you did you call us? Man, what's going on? Gary, Cole, I have urgent news. It's a time emergency. Both future and past are in terrible danger. We have to act. I need you to step into these time transporter capsules. Ca- capsule is... Is that a is that a honey bucket brand porta potty? Oh, God, it smells like Bonnaroo fucked Coachella down here. And there's no time to explain. Time lever, activate. Whoa, is, is this the past? Oh, is this the future? Hey, hey, Gary, can, can you hear me through there? <laughs> yeah, 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 buddy. But I, I, I'm I'm keeping my distance um, for uh, stability. Did, what are we supposed to do? I have no idea. On second thought, we really should have been more inquisitive when he was in a panic like that. And, like, mm. listen, I'm not going to stop a guy in a lab coat. Mm. Well, I guess we can use these machines to get back to the present and see what's up. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Mine, mine, this is a wreck, dude. Like, this thing is too gross to pee on. Or pee in, or pee near. It's a shy bladder monument. I, ah, God, he took a number three on the handle. Oh, oh. Jesus, mine's a mess too. He took a number four. How did, how did he get shit on the ceiling? God, it's well, like was he a number mur- four. <laughs> it's like he murdered a shit monster in here. You think somebody with like an army of tentacle slaves would just have some kind of like a first world toilet solution? Jesus. No doubt. Yeah. Listen, I I don't care what's in danger i'm not going to touch this thing i I barely want to even talk into it and and i'm talking from a distance and i'm it's upwind yeah same i'm not interacting yeah it's like a oh man it's like a ball pit in there all right um all right listen if dr fred wants us to use this thing he's gonna have to learn to wipe like a goddamn human being okay I'm going to leave him a time capsule in the basement and uh, make sure he gets it. I'm going to tell him it's a, it, it's urgent. This is a, a time emergency. Uh, and I guess I'll... Well, well, is that a Newton over there? I'll have to remember graffiti. I'll write him a message on this Newton and uh, flush it back in there, telling him you know, his future's in danger if he doesn't act quickly. Man, I'm getting lightheaded from this shit. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just make sure he gets it before we uh, travel back in time in the first place. Oh, sound good? Um, that, that is not the first time a Newton's been thrown into a porta potty from across the room. <laughs> I think this this sounds like a plan. Gary, this um, is serious. Oh, okay, well, okay, yeah, all right. Well, uh, I, I know I'm, I'm getting lightheaded as well. Beep beep. Okay, beep beep. There we go, Newton. Uh, here we go. What's this? A, a time capsule in the corner and a huh? Is that a Newton in the Chrono John? Let me reach in here with my bare hands and uh, let's see if. A lot of typos. Uh, hmm. Please eat me, Margaret. I don't... What? Ah! Calamity! Get down here! Somebody help! Help! Hey, uh, did you did you call us? Man, what's going on? 
Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about The Day of the Tentacle, also known as Maniac Mansion 2, The Day of the Tentacle, which is a point-and-click adventure game developed and published by LucasArts for the PC in 1993. Yeah, and this is a, a sequel to Maniac Mansion. Um, it is a, a direct sequel. It kind of takes uh, some of the characters and everything, even though it's got this kind of meta edge to it as well. Yeah. Um, developed by LucasArts in 1987. The uh, in this game, you play as three college students that are trying to stop the purple tentacle from taking over the world. Yes, he grows cute little stubby arms. Yes. Yeah. It's very adorable. <laughs> um, so this is a scum engine game. Uh, so you can, you know, if you've played any LucasArts uh, adventure games after 1987, you know what this is. It feels a lot like those. You have items in the environment. You have an inventory, um, people to talk to, and you have this set of verbs that you can use to kind of like push them all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the the twist is that this game uh, uses time as an element of its puzzles. So there's a time traveling mishap, sends one student in the past and one in the future, and even though you're exploring similar environments, uh, you're exploring them at different time periods, and you use causality lo- causality logic to, uh, in addition to kind of adventure game logic, in order to solve these puzzles. Yeah, so you've got these three characters. Um, the one that is kind of like returning from uh, Maniac Mansion 1 on the player character side is uh, Bernard Bernoulli, which is a clever last name for him. Um, uh, so he's in the present, and he's kind of the, uh, the the nerd who is the only sane man here, right? Um, and he is back from the first Maniac Mansion. He has learned to not be a tuna head and to kind of like rush into danger head on. Yes, and he's uh, he's voiced by Les Nessman. I know, right? From uh, <laughs> from so your lovers, aren't you, Cole? Um, <laughs> like from uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, they got the whole cast of Mash to voice <laughs> for future old men. Oh yeah, um, he's a uh, it's it's a really great uh, voice performance though. Mm-hmm. Like it matches uh, since this is the the returning character uh, on the protagonist side. Yeah, it matches kind of how I thought he would uh, kind of speak. Um, his roommates uh, include uh, Hoagie. Um, who has been sent back to colonial times uh, during the writing of the U.S. Constitution. And he is like a, a dimwit rocker guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he is like a metalhead. I have an uncle uh, who turned out to be a real shithead like everyone in my family, but he used to be my favorite <laughs> uncle, who is exactly Hoagie. Really? Like, no joke. Like, like could be like Hoagie cosplay at any given moment. <laughs> yeah, like, like looks like this guy kind of like talks like him. Like, like my uncle Tommy is like, yeah, he wouldn't even have to like, Hoagie. he wouldn't have to stencil a skull on the front of his shirt. It's just kind of always there. He, he uh, <laughs> yeah, he was, in, he was in a band in the eighties, which I, I've, I think I've mentioned before that like got huge in Germany. Like he had this mm. weird, like chance to make it and didn't make it, but it was this weird, you know, way you could have a metal band and have it not do anything in America, but like the, in the land of the scorpions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My uncle was king. Can you give me the sound? Uh, uh, of the of the scorpions? Yeah. Uh, every rose 
Uh, I don't actually know what no, scorpion. You, you know, you uh, know, no, you I know. I, I, know. I was trying. I was trying to intentionally zag. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, yeah. But uh, his band was called Ambulance, and uh, what? I was like, as a young, yeah, no, not but, Ambulance, Ambulance, and I, uh, as a as a kid, I could never figure that out. Is it an ambulance for amulets? Uh, that's what it sounds like. Or just like the quality of being an amulet. <laughs> like this thing, it's like a, a bad antiques roadshow. Like this has a certain ambulance to it. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking amulet. Ridiculous twins. <laughs> you ridiculous twins. Oh, uh, man. I'm just picturing. Also, the... Real quick. No, Good. I was just going to say before I get uh, totally get off Uncle Tangent. 2016 uh-huh. he also uh and this is very sad he wrote a uh one of his friends killed himself and they wrote a song about it and he played it for me and uh it was one of the um like even as as a, a teen like it was so cliche and mm-hmm. I, it was real pain so i feel like i feel bad yeah. <laughs> about it about being having any reaction to it other than just sadness and it is very sad but like it was literally just like you know brother why'd you do it like it was it was like a fake song that was made for a tv show yeah it's it's uh, like but, Ad, but it exists in real life adam's song 10 years earlier totally yeah totally exactly um <laughs> it was like that so yeah. that's my uncle who's exactly like hoagie <laughs> i went to school with any number of people who were exactly like hoagie because my uh my <laughs> my my degree program is also music production oh sure and so yeah a lot of people in there i like hoagie in this though he's uh like they 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 kind of don't stereotype him too much beyond just kind of being like totally yeah. yeah he's yeah he's my favorite because he's not he's 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 dumb but he's so chill yeah <laughs> like there's no anger element of anger to him which is something i associate with metalheads sometimes yeah He's, like uh, he's he's so goddamn chill. I could see him like in like just insinuating himself into any situation and being kind of cool. Like you know yeah. those people who are kind of like lords a little bit. Like they can just kind of like go into any room and like they're right there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, and then uh, c- uh, coming up the rear, we have Laverne. Um, so she's in the future where the tentacle is taken over. Um, and man is subservient to tentacle there. They they, they make uh, pretty pets. Right. Yes. Um, and uh, she is an insane medical student who likes dissecting things. She sounds a little bit like a like a Maria Bamford caricature. Yeah, I think I think if there was a, a modern movie, she'd be played by Maria Bamford. Yeah, like she's very Maria Bamford like. <laughs> Bamfordesque. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the game has a very uh, distinct style to it. Uh, the artists and musicians leaned incredibly heavy. Yeah. On uh, classic animation. Um, so like Chuck Jones, um, like old Warner Brothers stuff. Yeah. And it is as cartoony a game as you can play. Yes. Like, I feel like this is it's billed as such. And this is like playing a uh, an old Looney Tunes cartoon, yeah. which is a little bit of a break from the first Maniac Mansion. Like, you know, it's, the, it's a huge break yeah. from, the, from the first Maniac Mansion. Like, it's actually and and I don't want to get into it too much. Like, I, I love Day of the Tentacle. Like, it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Um, I still I still think I like Maniac Mansion more because it's just it feels more weird than like. Oh, yeah. Goofy. Like. Like if uh, if if Day of the Tentacle is like a Saturday morning cartoon for like a twelve year old, um, like Maniac Mansion is like the midnight before on totally. Friday night for a it's for like an college, you know, yeah, yeah, like college, like the public access station, <laughs> yeah, you know, or something just, like that. Like, there's something about the difference between um, like over the top kid weirdness mm-hmm. and kind of unsettling adult weirdness, yeah, and that or, difference. This is a really good illustration of the difference between those two <laughs> things because there are a lot of sensibilities that they have that are kind of similar. Yeah, but it, they end up feeling really, really different in just kind of like the the little things, like the aesthetic sense. Yeah of this really changes the, the way that it feels. Yeah. It's like this leans on again, Saturday morning cartoon, you know, in a, in a, in a way that kind of stands in stark contrast to maniac mansions, uh, cribbing of like B movie kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 
Um, <laughs> so there's a whole history to this development, and it's been better stated elsewhere. Like there are all kinds of details, like how they cut down the number of characters um, and how they added voice acting halfway through. I'm going to ask Gary if you can put this into the notes, uh, Bob Mackey's oral history articles. Yeah. Um, that came out around the time of the remaster because those are really good. I just recently read the read those again to uh, mm -hmm. to refresh myself. But that is yeah. uh, they go back to all the uh, prim primary sources, the people who were there, you know. Yeah, it is. It is a great article. And there's also uh, because this had this this remaster that you know we mentioned, um, there's a lot of stuff out there. Like you can go on YouTube and there's a making of documentary. Mm -hmm. um, there's a commentary on there. So you can you can learn everything there is to learn <laughs> about like this is a very transparent game, um, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. You know now, and and even this uh, the remaster remaster has uh, tons of uh, concept art, um, things like that. And the reason that remaster was necessary uh, is this game was like a really kind of a bummer, unavailable game. Like you had to pirate it, mm -hmm. uh, or just be one of the ten richest kings of Europe in order <laughs> to to afford it. Like it was very rare. Yeah, and uh, they actually redid it with the same kind of love and care they did with uh, with Monkey Island, where they you know literally drew over every frame. You know, really stayed pretty faithful. Yeah things mm -hmm. and it's uh pretty remarkable how well it uh kind of like comes across with those new graphics i think that it is far more successful than the uh, monkey island ones because it's like a more unified style almost between all of it um what's great though is like any of these remasters you can go back and forth um between yeah. old style controls new style controls graphics and music um at any time you can even mix and match them too yeah yeah, I I end up doing the old style because I like that inventory system. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted, I just want to pick verbs. Um, I the wheels with the the symbols. I'm not a big big verb wheel guy yeah. for adventure games. Um, but the uh, and because it's an amazing looking game. Oh yeah. So like, imagine this like pre remastered. Like it was. <laughs> this is like some of the best, like most expressive pixel art. Yeah. You know, in in adventure games, like it's really great. Yeah. Um, but it is that the remaster is, is such an easy recommendation. It really uh, is. And it's fantastic that it's now just kind of available for people yeah. legally uh, to look at. So they yeah, can. It's, it's on sale all the time, too. It just came out and it's like always 10 bucks. Yeah. You can play it on your. I play this on my Vita mm -hmm. and it plays great on, on there. Like it is. Uh, it's, you know, works really, really well. Yeah. Works great on like a, a console as well. Like I played this from my just in my living room on my PC with a controller mm. like way back. Like they, they they did a great job at making this uh, making this look really good and play really well. Yeah. And it's the one thing like as much as I've been uh, in the past been kind of critical of Double Fine because like I, there's there hasn't been a, a Double Fine game that's come out that I've like unequivocally loved. Um, they're kind of stewardship of the past. I, I adore mm. like this idea of them going back and doing these remasters because they're talking about doing it full throttle and. And these other games and like just that that kind of care for for archiving and bringing this stuff back with like real attention to detail and and, uh, uh, you know, care, like I said, uh, is is something I really respect. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, so. it's awesome that a developer with history is kind of like taking advantage of that and is really, really respectful. Yeah, of their it's, it's, legacy. it's my favorite thing about about them. And like when you watch interviews and stuff like. Tim Schafer is a treasure anyway, yeah. but watching him kind of just be like, no, we have, we have to get this right. Like you can tell he cares about it and it's, it's super sweet. Yeah. Um, I think I really think I tried to do, uh, to get him to do an interview, mm -hmm. uh, for this episode, um, and reach out to him. And I think if this episode wasn't recording right around E3, it would have happened because oh, wow. he's very accessible. Um, but the person who got back to me from, from double fine was just like, yeah, you know, ordinarily this is something that we could probably do, but, uh, unfortunately, you know, we can't because of E3 um, and stuff like Tim's very busy with that. And, uh, you know, do you guys need to review copies? Like the person was so sweet. Like, oh, wow. 
Um, you know, it's like, I already bought it, but thank you. You know, but, uh, I, we, we, I tried to do that because that would have been really cool. Yeah. Let's and keep that, that in mind for uh grim or a uh, full throttle if that ever happens. Yeah. I, I, I would well want to do it for this game because I like this game more than those <laughs> games. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't like those, like those games quite as much. Yep. Um, but the, uh, yeah, it just, uh, so maybe in the future, you know, uh, but he's, he's great. Like he's, yeah. he's a treasure, even if I don't like, you know, even if, if I, I, I don't care for massive chalice he's still a treasure <laughs> so um yeah so uh this game has a, a kind of an inf- like famous i almost said infamous uh <laughs> it, it's an infamously great looking introduction yeah, that it's, uses it's infamous a... it, there, there's a hidden zephyr film like <laughs> in the background and we're playing in one of the windows of the mansion so it's it's exhibit b uh this is uh it has kind of a famous introduction because it is uh is a cartoon this like idyllic uh, nature scene panning over the pollution uh, near Ed's house as a bird chokes on uh, this pollution and the <laughs> tentacles examine the sewage flow coming out um, which causes purple tentacle to drink the sewage goes a little nuts and grows these really really cute tiny little tentacle arms <laughs> Bleep. yep and uh, like purple tentacles a little bit unbalanced anyway he has like villain voice and, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, but this has put him over the edge to uh, to being a megalomaniacal, uh, um, you know, world conqueror. And uh, this has caused Doctor Fred to kind of crack down. And so Green Tentacle, he uh, he takes a hamster um, again, nice little callback there, and sends it uh, sends it in a ball with a message over to Bernard, Hoagie, and Laverne uh, to uh, get them to come and save the tentacles. Yes. Um, yeah. And we get this little uh, credits roll. As they drive up to the mansion, and then uh, then they they split up, they they head in here in this kind of a prologue kind of section here, um, and and we should also mention that uh, we usually disclaim this, but there's not going to be a plot generality because it's an adventure game, right? So we're going to go through all that stuff, and like there's not that much plot, like it's lots <laughs> of puzzle, not very much plot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you kind of start out here um, in this prologue, uh, controlling Bernard, and you're kind of looking around, um, and it very quick, uh, very quickly is revealed uh, that they have uh, fallen on hard times. By looking in the front office, uh, there's a Swiss bank book that reveals that Fred is penniless, and as mm-hmm. a result, oh, this mansion looks look, looks like a lot like a hotel now because it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's some kind of like vague little bits of it where it resembles the same building. Um, not exactly like it's, it's for all intents and purposes, a totally different place. Right. And then it ends up making sense because there's a weird metafiction thing that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you go down, yeah, there's this grandfather clock that is a secret passage that goes uh, downstairs into the basement, um, where you get to Dr. Fred's lab and, uh, we get a scene with, uh, Hoagie and Laverne upstairs, um, as Fred kind of explains the plan for the tentacles. And, uh, then we cut down to Bernard, uh, setting the purple tentacle free. Because, again, he feels like he is a liberator <laughs> at this point, and they are the victims. Yes. yes. He only knows Dr. Fred as, as a villain, even though, canonically, uh, push his glasses up. Um, <laughs> he, he's not a bad guy. He's controlled by the meteor. Right. So. <laughs> and so, Dr. Fred, you know, he's kind of your uh, uh, Doc Brown in this. You know, yes, he, yeah. he explains that, uh, you know, uh, in order to stop the transformation from happening, we have to use our patented chrono johns, these porta potties that have been uh, uh, augmented to travel through time to go back to yesterday and turn off the sludge matic I think I recall a line saying, like, well, why do you have a sludge matic in the first place? And he says, like, well, you can't do super science without sludge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, there's literally no reason for him to transport you back in time through toilets, other than to make a toilet like it oh. to be a toilet joke. Oh yeah, <laughs> like just to, just to have people interact with with toilets. Because uh, like what what I mean, there are other uh, you know 
booth-shaped devices, <laughs> yeah. you know, as Bill and Ted would show us years later, uh, that you can use for a similar purpose. Um, but yeah, so they uh, he uh, he's going to send everybody back. Um, we get this little cutscene of everyone flying through the the time void. Um, you know, as, as they go through, um, we get the uh, everyone's kind of freaking out except for Hoagie, who's like surfing through because he's chill, <laughs> and the music goes like kind of switches into surf music. And uh, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> there's a great line here. Laverne says, "This must be that wood place or that that Woodstock place that Mom and Dad talked about." Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, during this process, the diamond that Fred uses uh, to power the machine breaks, and so all the kids get split up with Hoagie landing 200 years in the past, and Laverne 200 in the future, and Bernard kind of landing right back there. And so this sets up. Um, a lot of what we need to do, we need to get this new diamond and uh, kind of like sort out the past and the present to get Laverne and uh, Hoagie back. Yes. Yep. Um, so there are kind of three different times we're going to go through. And they interact. You're going to be switching back and forth between those. Yeah. Uh, they kind of mercifully, you only have access to two times initially. Right. Um, and that's good because it makes it manageable. Um, even though like, so you start off with Bernard in modern times. Um, I hadn't played this since I was since shortly after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never revisited it on emulation or anything. It's been a very long time since I played this game. And this game uh, kind of rightfully gets a lot of credit for being a fairly forward thinking uh, adventure game. Yes. Um, I had forgotten how much it is like a classic adventure game though. Mm-hmm. Like how much it doesn't like it is relatively forward thinking and there's a real minimum of bullshit puzzles, which is nice, but boy is like the first hour hour and a half like literally just walking around picking everything up right like it is kind of a slog initially (laughs) and it's like i'm just again that's just the genre and it's a racist grandpa problem um but i am i was thinking of it it kind of been built up in my head uh partly through like you know seeing bob revisit and stuff as this kind of like oh it doesn't do any of the adventure game bullshit uh stuff thinking that it was going to be a little bit more streamlined than that but it is it is roomba central like you (laughs) roomba 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 yeah like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, something anybody who is playing along with this might want to know. Um, first off, we're going to spoil all the puzzles for you. Um, second off, uh, the roomba and just kind of the massive kind of breadth of stuff that you get, um, uh, it can feel a little bit uh, uh, kind of cumbersome to try and pass the stuff back and forth, right? You have a little bit of the maniac mansion problem where, okay, I need, you know, this, this other team needs this. So I need to go to them. There is an affordance for that. Um, where you can actually grab an item and then just drop it on their uh, on the other kid's um, uh, portrait in order to like automatically put it in their inventory, which just drastically stream streamlines the entire process. It would be maddening. Yes. Without that, like it would be it would be hard to call. It would be like, oh, this is a good game, but boy, is it unplayable. <laughs> like it would be so obnoxious, and like it would be harder than it is in Maniac Mansion because the in, in Maniac Mansion, like one. Uh, you can kind of use getting caught as a quick travel, mm-hmm. like weirdly enough, like you can always go down to the basement where you're yeah. going to have a kid and use them as kind of like a, a item box from Resident Evil. Um, but two, it would just there's so much uh, kind of flip flopping between all three time periods. Yeah. Like the one thing I would say about the puzzle design in this game in general are there are a couple of things where like I have two things that totally should work for this. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a, a significant amount of that. So that that would become super super frustrating. Do you know if that's something that was added for the new version, or was that in the original version as well? Um, I don't remember being incredibly frustrated by playing it on the original. So I don't uh, either, but I wasn't frustrated by anything. Like yeah. I was like fourteen, so like yeah. everything was great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like, I feel like that was something that was there. 
Okay, I, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, it, it may or may not have been kind of obscured. Like, they never show you that here. It's just something that I either picked up, like, in a Something Awful thread about it or something like that. Like, it's just a very convenient thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so you are kind of, like, going around uh, initially in these first two areas um, and uh, looking at all these places. The nice part is is that you are exploring a relatively small um, space, especially compared to something like a Monkey Island. Um, you know, you're, you're doing it three times over, but each of them kind of has their own character and different stuff in there. But like, there are only a certain number of, you know, places you can, you can go in each side. Yeah. So and the, there is kind of like a little bit of a fast travel here as well, because you can usually go from the ground floor to the attic, uh, instantly. Yes. In, in uh, each of these areas until eventually they take that away and it is mildly frustrating, but <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, so why don't we... Uh, because each of these uh, kind of like time areas has a uh, kind of like a, a grand puzzle that you have to do to mm-hmm. kind of achieve those goals. Um, why don't we kind of take a tour of the uh, of the mansion um, and kind of like uh, talk about the different characters and set pieces around it before we start putting the pieces together? Sure. Yeah. And, and just so people know, we're not going to touch every individual micro puzzle. No. That leads to the macro puzzles. We're going to hit the high beats um, just because this isn't uh, a walkthrough. Um, so we are going to spoil the puzzles, but uh you know, we're not going to read a game facts. To you. <laughs> right. um, so Bernard in Modern Times, um, this, uh, this it's now a hotel and it's hosting a convention of novelty salespeople uh, here. <laughs> Again, cartoon as fuck. Right? It is. Yeah, it's so, so cartoon. Um, <laughs> you kind of go through. Uh, there's a room, the convention room, uh, where there is a guy uh, selling uh, novelty cigars. There's a set of chattering teeth um, <laughs> near the wall. And there's Uzo the Clown. Which like I love Uzo the Clown yeah. because I love that like when you look it's like I never got over my fear of Uzo the Clown <laughs> like that delivery is one of my favorites in the game. Yeah, <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> Uzo the Clown. I think uh, I, th- I think that that is also maybe a crossover with uh, Zombies at My Neighbors because oh, okay. you could use those as the uh, the decoys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, I, I just hearing hearing it out loud as opposed to reading it, Uzo makes it sound like the uh, the Greek wine. The oh yeah liquor <laughs> yeah the the licorice tasting yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um but something we're gonna find like this uh this guy the the salesman here he is a descendant of ben franklin they're not reusing characters so much but they're reusing like character types and so everybody pretty much has a crossover from somebody else in a different uh different time period and and cool you would know this uh what old-timey sitcom star is this guy's voice based on uh edwin a little bit okay yeah I mean, not an old, he's not an old-timey sitcom star, but he's kind of, kind of got that lisp a little bit. Yeah, yeah. whoever that, like, uh, proto-Hollywood squares. Uh, oh, Paul Lind? Yeah. No, not, he's, Paul, he's, he's not as mincing like as Paul Lind. Lind. Yeah. I was just thinking of him as the kind of, like, celebrity that would be on Hollywood squares before, yeah. when it was just, like, Hollywood Square. The prequel or something. Oh, yeah. It was the, uh, it's kind of like Sesame Street, but for adults, and it's about a block in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Just you know, the people there Cir- living their circle, lives. Circle takes the square. It is the <laughs> you got it. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Circle was the uh, the development uh, company that came in and tried to bulldoze everybody's house on the square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a sad time, and then <laughs> and then McCarthy rounded everybody up. With red sympathies, and it was uh, it got dramatic. Yeah, the, um, the spinoff Blacklist was really really dark. Yeah, Black Square. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this game isn't afraid to be filthy either uh, if you go into the laundry room it says don't sit on the machines yeah 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 which is a way that ladies can sometimes masturbate yeah um just in case they, just in, in footnotes i'm happy yeah, we're footnotes. doing footnotes 
Yeah. <laughs> just kind of a uh, uh in uh, if you head outside uh from here, um we see Uncle Ted, he is being used to hold up a bird bath. <laughs> and uh, there's a man in a ski mask breaking into the weird Edsel. Um <laughs> which is just like, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fine. Um the honeymoon suite, there's a there's a big fat guy sleeping on a on a on top of a sweater, which you're going to need. You you, you use the uh the again, just another masturbation surface, the fickle uh, fickle fingers machine to shake him off of it. Yes. Yeah. Which is that's a, isn't that kind of a weird thing? Like, have you ever been in a place that had one of those? No. But I've seen them on TV constantly. Oh yeah. That's like, come on, smelly. Come on, spotty. <laughs> like there's the Simpsons thing. Like I've always seen like magic fingers mm-hmm. as a thing as a reference, but I've never actually seen a set of magic fingers. With that, I mean, what would that do? It's just I think it just kind it's of vibrates. It's like a massage. It's like a massage bed kind of thing. Like yeah, that's it, the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. I don't I know guess, why it seems so unsavory. Like you can yeah, theoretically have a clean bed that shakes. I don't yeah, know. like I don't, I don't look at those massage chairs at the at the mall as like a you know a place where fucking happens. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you were fucking while the the magic fingers were going on, though, like that seems like a nauseating nightmare to me. Oh yeah, like how are you? It'd be hard to aim. Yeah, how would you feel? How would you hear your phone vibrating? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When when uh, when the the person you've hired to call and. And and and, uh, and call you uh, Mr. Lawrence yeah. right at the point of climax. <laughs> calls. Yeah. Um, um, the other suite here makes a lot of light of depression and suicide. I, I like this guy though. It's pretty I think good. This guy's funny. I like yeah, his uh, thousand yard stare. Yeah, there's a there's a suicidal uh, novelty <laughs> salesman tries to murder himself with a uh, novelty flag gun. Um, it doesn't work. Nobody likes his designs. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, you talk to him and he just says, uh, you know, we just want someone to compliment my designs. Um, <laughs> you compliment which, him. He says like, no, not you. Somebody, hey, somebody, somebody who matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things this game does really well. And the reason why it does get that credit is kind of like the, you know, the, one of the best examples of this style of adventure game is that uh, they do a good job of like hinting you mm-hmm. like everyone kind of has a, everyone is a lock and is known, you know, you can tell that they are a lock. And if you talk to the lock, it tells you how to unlock it. Right. You know, to for it to put it in kind of crude terms. So, mm-hmm. like, this guy, you know, he tells you what he wants. Like, characters will just ex- exposition and say, like, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's uh, that's really great. And they do a really good job of making it subtle, too. Like, yeah. like that that could just be a joke. Well, so sometimes it's subtle. Oh, yeah. Like, so, like, a lot of times it's not. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, the only, like, there's a part of the future where the tentacle's, like, the only thing that'll make me move from this spot is this. <laughs> you know, like, they literally just say the thing they yeah. that would solve the puzzle. But then the the puzzle solving happens when you're trying to figure out how to do that like figure yeah. out what the key is mm-hmm. so yeah maybe subtle is not the right word they do they do a good job of making it feel like a joke yes yeah yeah it plays into the way that the um you know the way the dialogue works in general yeah um green tentacles room is here yep um he's a solid bro still <laughs> yeah green green tentacle is like a he's like a proto hoagie yes yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i, I guess he... like a like a, a sandwich square like a sandwich triangle um yeah he's he's a, he's too afraid to leave his room because of all the stuff that's happening here uh you can uh get the uh the ceiling waffle off the floor down below by kicking his speaker over and he is way into his industrial surf noise rock yes yeah so there, there's a little bit of that kind of like uh that time in the 90s where just kind of like a music genre was entirely a joke <laughs> you know <laughs> like they were just like one year too early or too late for psycho billy yeah <laughs> um you can find uh weird ed's room um who also sounds like an old-timey film star yeah um, <laughs> it's a little like a little bit like uh like a peter laurie kind of guy yeah a little bit like yeah. oh my uh, uh, yeah, that, yeah. that's not really a peter laurie but like he's really uh kind of like laconic 
after yes. uh, like his characterization here is really different. He's not into paramilitary stuff anymore. Well, he's not the he's not the same character. Like right. we, again, we, we we figure out why that's the case. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's got his hamster here. This is one of my favorite like foreground background designs. Um, if you mm-hmm. look at the uh, if you look at the commentary, like the artist there is talking about, like yeah, there you know you can't put as much detail in the background because adventure game players are going to want to pick everything up. So I had to like I basically free reign to do whatever whatever I wanted in the foreground. So like you mm-hmm. see like in the basement you see all of, like the golf clubs and the swords in silhouette in the foreground, and here you have is like hamster habit trail like going yeah. right up by the camera. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, some really great, nice perspective. Mm-hmm. But yes, he has turned his paramilitary fascination to uh, philately, and yes. he collects stamps. Yes. Um, you can leave and go into Edna's room. Um, Edna is also a, a very different uh, characterization here. Um, and she has a surveillance system set up. Um, and she's kind of like watching on this rolling chair. She explains that the family finances were ruined after Ed locked away the contract for the Maniac Mansion computer game. Uh, <laughs> kind of revealing that like the Maniac Mansion computer game the game that we played may or may not even have happened. Uh, <laughs> it was just kind of loosely based on these characters. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. But she's rolling around and she is watching everything. I'm not quite sure what her characterization is really. Aside she's from just, just kind of like, like a screamy, yep. you know, screamy harpy. Yeah. Like a henpecky wife. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, you go down to the basement and you grab the plans for the super battery and then send those to Hoagie in colonial times where this is the place where the founding fathers have gathered to write the uh the the, the constitution this is a the, this is where i think the imu system works the best mm-hmm. um because as you go around and, and you know find these different characters they do a really good job of mixing uh yankee doodle with the day of the tentacle um theme song like 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 yeah. those leitmotifs really feel most noticeable here like this is the best music in the game i think Um, the IMUs, um, as we mentioned, we talked about this during our, Maniac, our Monkey Island 2 uh, episode, is the system that LucasArts uh, games made that kind of seamlessly added elements of music and took away elements as you know new objects uh, enter the screen or as you enter different locations um, and, and stuff. So it kind of uh, makes music transition smoothly um, depending on what's happening. Um, yeah, I, I would buy that. Um, generally, I don't like the music very much in this game yeah um you know it's a little uh it's it's a little like tim burtony for me yeah that's that's exactly it like it it sounds like uh and and it's it it fits Mm -hmm. right like it's supposed to sound like a cartoon like a chuck jones cartoon but like being that the you know (laughs) i I, I mean the point of comparison is nigh unreachable so even even yeah exactly you can't uh you're you weren't gonna match maniac mansion but that music did a lot Mm-hmm. you know for me and since this game is about different characters i feel like you could have done that as well mm-hmm. and been really cool i also even with imu's stuff like i still like the music just melodically composition wise more in monkey island 2 yeah you know like there's stronger compositions yeah this just kind of feels like anything can happen jazz yeah it's a little, a little loosey-goosey bit. they talk about that in the uh in the oral history uh, yeah. article like yeah you really couldn't depend on the timing so much with this so we needed to make it feel like more improvisational yeah and that's and that's what it feels like and it's successful in that it's just nothing i would ever want to listen to yeah like outside of the game ever (laughs) um which is that's kind of a bummer because it's a a company and a series i think of you know good music with right um 
so yeah, so you're in colonial times, which this uh, this choice of setting is really kind of inspired. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go back to the past, there are a lot of, uh, I feel like, more obvious um, things that would have been less funny. <laughs> yeah. Caveman you know? times or whatever. Yeah, totally. Like, like caveman you know, times. Knights, um, medieval stuff. Like, exactly. Well, still like, in America. Like, they're not in fucking Germany. <laughs> no, no. But it, it's like, that would have been an easier way to do it. But this is a very funny time to, to go back to yeah. because it allows you to, uh, to do this kind of old president humor, which I, I love that Mr. <laughs> show has taught me yeah. um, the old presidents, Franklin, <laughs> Gwinnett. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Button Gwinnett will never not be funny to me. No, <laughs> button. Hello. Um, yeah, button is great. Uh, so uh, in Hoagie, you need, uh, you talk to Red Edison, who is a uh, uh, ancestor. Uh, mm-hmm. Fred, um, so he can make this super battery. He, Red is also a uh, he is also an inventor uh, known for making the left-handed hammer. Yes, <laughs> yep, very funny. Yep. Um, the uh, yeah, and the reason why we know uh, that we have that we have these plans is we send them back. Yes. Um, so we we do that in the future. Um, and uh, so yeah, so there's different kind of set pieces here. Outside we see Fre- uh, Ben Franklin, um, the ancestor of the novelty cigar salesman. Um, who hates Red Edison, and he is working on his his kite thing yes. at this point. So that's going to be a puzzle thing a little bit later. <laughs> it's pretty funny. He's, he claims to, like, I'm trying to invent electricity. And you tell him, no, you're discovering it. And then he says, yeah. well, he's a little from column A, six of one, half or half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Like, he's really he's a real egotistical prick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so you can um, uh, uh, get a letter uh, from here. Like, you can look and see, like, oh, there's a letter praising Ben Franklin's designs. Um, and uh, you can actually take this back to the depressed inventor and uh, get him to leave by saying like, "Oh yes, you must get to Baltimore at once." Yes, get your ass to Mars. That is <laughs> that is how the, uh, the how you solve that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you give this these plans to Red for the thing, he needs uh, three things in order to build the the super battery: um, oil, vinegar, and gold mm-hmm. um, to to, so. to make a rich person salad. Yes. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah the kitchen's nothing special just has some items that you need for uh, later puzzles um there's a horse with dentures on the second yeah, floor what up with this horse? i don't know what up with this horse yeah this I, I kept expecting there to be a reason why there's a talking horse in this game like when i when i talk about how the cartooniness of this is you know not my favorite thing mm-hmm. and it sounds like i'm being very negative i like this game a lot but when i talk about that it's things like this like that are just like okay yep <laughs> you know okay like, you know i i just why not well you know because it's 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 goofy for just kind of goofy's sake yeah and and it gets kind of piled up i think it's it's one of those things it's the difference between being along for the ride and feeling like oh i want to drive this yeah you know it's not like just a it sounds like i'm talking about predictability but it's like okay i'm just going to accept this versus like oh i'm totally in and engaged and it, it's so the the line is so fuzzy because there are a bunch of things that are just goofy that I love, like that happen. Mm-hmm. They're just like slightly more grounded. Yeah, it's it's like just like, a matter of taste, you know. Yeah, more than true, that, I mean that yeah. that's what it is too. It's like you know it never bothered me in like Ren and Simpy when a talking horse showed up. <laughs> like those, those are those are highlights. Like that's great. But for some reason, this like with the uh, the founding fathers and the the other kind of like it feels a little bit off mm-hmm. to me. And the fact that he's not. I don't know why he's there. Right. You know, unless there's something I missed. Like, I just, I literally know, don't know why there's a horse stall on the second floor of this. I, like, you know, really, it, I think it only exists. Like you get teeth from him later. So you need something with very prominent teeth, but like humans are monsters in this. You can, <laughs> you can give yeah. anybody huge teeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you, there's another set of prominent teeth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that you end up getting too, which is, that's one of those things where it was like, why doesn't this tooth work? 
comes later. So this horse thing I don't really like. Gary, um, but we just hate fun, I think. I, I love fun. Like, we're going to talk <laughs> about so many fun things that happen in this. Um, but it's just, uh, this is, like, there's just a couple of those moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm, yeah. Um, just a couple. And I'm going to point them <laughs> out, but it's not a constant. Because right across the hall are Ned and Jed, our Red's dis- <laughs> disappointing artist sons, who I love these guys. Oh, they're great. Um, uh, yeah. These and guys they're are... also involved in my favorite puzzle in the game. Yep. Um, so these guys are fantastic. Yeah, these guys are uh, um, kind of the remnants of one of the former playable characters who was kind of an artist uh, dude. Yes. But they are carving sculptures of each other. And they're twins, yes. but one is left-handed, the other is right-handed. And they're just uh, just stricken with ennui. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And again, my favorite puzzle in the game is this guy. So unless anyone yeah. think I'm being too negative. <laughs> I also love when you go downstairs and you meet the founding fathers because yeah. like, that is something I have an infinite appetite for. It's just like, <laughs> what if the people who founded this country were just like belligerent, egotistical jerks? Um, <laughs> Which is totally true. Like yeah. John Hancock, instead of being the like, ah, let's take it to his front door kind of guy. He's a shivering mess. And oh, I'm so cold. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Jefferson is a stuck up, a stuck up fool who won't actually like spare a log so he can warm Hancock up. And like George Washington is just staring out over the over the distance, like thinking about the future and being grandiose. Something I, yeah. for, I forgot to make a note of upstairs, but you have Betsy Ross um, toiling to make the flag. And she is like really upset because uh, they keep sending her revisions. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really great. And that's another real nice piece of signaling because mm-hmm. they're like, no, I'll just make like at this point, I don't care. I'll just make whatever you send me. You know, <laughs> just put it on the when you try to give her or when you try to talk to her, she's like, just put you the design on the pile. And you're like, oh, I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. And that's also a really fun yeah. puzzle as well. And also, I also love any any humor that is based around uh, commercial artists being incredibly frustrated by revisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the um so the way that we get uh, we haven't done the puzzles yet but just so we can talk about do the kind of stock of laverne's future um the way we get uh so when we, laverne is stuck in a tree we see this when we uh, first get there she landed in, in a tree and uh, we have to have uh washington cut it down um <laughs> beforehand however it's a kumquat, kumquat tree and uh washington only likes to cut down cherry trees this is also like this is really funny too mm-hmm. like this bit about like this one little factoid we know about george washington totally defining <laughs> his personality oh yeah it's like the, the the fifth grade version of all of these characters yeah do you remember those books oh yeah those like like those little kid like biographies mm-hmm. about our founding fathers yeah it's like that version yeah um i just like he's just like hey man i bet you couldn't cut down that tree and he's just like <laughs> nope i'm known for it like i God, do I love that so much. Like, that's very funny. Yeah. I also love that. Well, hey, it's kumquat. Hey, Gary, kumquat. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you have to paint them red. And he's like, just all of a sudden, he's been staring out this window the whole time. But like, yeah. oh, Jesus, now he is like on a mission. Yeah, it's a cherry tree. It's got to go down. Um, so you go to him into doing it. And that's how uh, you get Laverne to uh, to be able to explore her future, even though she immediately gets caught. Uh, she falls down from this now non-existent <laughs> tree and is caught by purple tentacle guards. Yes. So this kind of initial exploration is marked by Laverne being trapped in this cell um, in the grim tentacle future um, with the you know descendants of the Edisons, right? They're not even fit to be pets. They're prisoners. Um, and, uh, you know, by either saying you're sick or that you have to go to the bathroom, you get access to different parts of the mansion. Um, Gary, I don't like the future a lot in this game. I, I, I like the concept of it a whole lot. Oh yeah. Like I think, I think a lot of the jokes are good mm-hmm. in the future. Um, I don't like this little conceit to exploration that you have, like where you have to, until you figure out how to walk freely, mm-hmm. this fact that you have to keep asking to go to the bathroom yeah, or anything like that becomes pretty tedious. And there's, it feels like there's a lot less to explore. It feels underdesigned. Like the yeah. like the conceit is great, but it's just uh, there. There's not an awful lot like there. Like I could see them really, really putting an awful lot of detail in the past. Like the past 
feels like the most loved time period in this game. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then uh, the future is 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 less developed. There are a lot of funny jokes here, but I, I would I would 100% agree with that. Part of it is also um, like I like Laverne, but it's harder for me to get a bead on her. <laughs> um like she's just kind of like like you know violent like likes dissecting things the way that medical students like my friend courtney is is a saying to be a neurosurgeon and she's told me chilling things that she's done to mice like <laughs> it is and just like nothing you know, just like, oh, oh no that's, that's what you do like you, you peel away the skull layer and and then you find the the membrane and then you you know it just like really you know has no problem and it's like oh it's a cute little mouse oh, like it just wants to go to america just both both her and ben are so adorable that's that's very unnerving they're great. Like they are there as stumptown dumplings. Like I love them, but it is, uh, you know, she, she does terrible things to mice. Um, and that's, so something that like science people, medical people have no problem, uh, killing yeah, is my point. Compartmentalization. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, so that, that's part of her too, but maybe it's something about like the slow pace of her dialogue yeah. or something. There's something to her that doesn't quite click with me as much as the other two principal characters. There, I mean, just like, there's a little bit about her that leans into like randomness a little bit. Yeah, like just the the whole conceit of haha, she's insane. Um, is it's it's a little Invader Zimmy in a way that I'm not entirely down with. I think I think that's uh, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, it's still, I mean, she's still good. Like oh, yeah. she's not she's not egregious. No, you know, no, like she's no. like, she's not like she doesn't ruin it for me. And the same thing with this area. Like the general bar of quality for this game is too good for to have a third of it like just not work. Right. And some of the puzzles I do like in the future, but the relationship between colonial times and the present are my favorite mm-hmm. uh, kind of things. And the colonial times is my favorite developed area right. with my favorite characters. Um, but yeah, so, so you <laughs> have to kind of ask to use the bathroom or say that you're sick to get around. Um, there is a, uh, a doctor's office um, that you go to uh, where you get some kind of plans for a tentacle. <laughs> it's um, like an anatomy like a, diagram. Anatomy chart. And then you can send that back, and that is how you eventually get free reign because you send that <laughs> and make uh, well, uh, Betsy you al- Ross. You alter history by, yeah. by by getting Betsy Ross to make the uh, the American flag tentacle shapes. Yes, make it into a windsock. So which we again, have a windsock instead of a flag, which is very funny. Is it's it's incredibly funny because it's just like, oh, I'm going to alter this grand stuff to achieve this really petty goal. Yeah. Really, really good. And then you can wear this windsock. You go up to the attic, you wear this windsock in order to uh, to get around as a tentacle. I love her walking animation, too, because she has to lift the hem up to, yeah. <laughs> to go. Um, oh. There's not a lot else happening. There's uh, the tentacle guard who's guarding the Edisons. Um, there's the Edisons themselves, um, mm-hmm. which, like, boy, does uh, Nurse Edna look terrifying in the future. She's going to, like, break your bones. Like. <laughs> Um, and they don't they don't talk and they're cheating at a poker game and that's not a puzzle thing. Right. That feels like a red herring to me. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, OK, I need to help him win the poker game at some point because <laughs> they're cheating or so like, but that's that, you know, nothing happens with that. Um, and they don't at least initially won't talk to you at all. You know, so just kind of lending to that underdeveloped feeling. Yeah. Um, you do find the uh, the tentacle hunter who I love. Like the big game hunter. <laughs> yeah. Tentacle. He's got his big net. He's great. Yeah. And essentially the conceit here, what we find out, almost every puzzle is just re- revolves around this human show. Right. Um, where tentacles own humans as pets and uh, they're doing like a dog show, kind of like a best in show style thing. For yeah. Them. Yeah. You need to get their pet bee or their yep. bee doll. Yeah. Yep. Huh. So, yeah. Um, now that you've been everywhere, you can kind of uh, go back and uh, figure out how to get everybody back to the present. And this is where we get to kind of the ten pole um, kind of uh, kind of experiences, the puzzles for this. Yes. Yeah. And we also learn there's a little important kind of cutscene here. Oh, sure. um, Purple Tentacle is building a shrink ray. That's part of his grand plan is to just be bigger than humans. 
um, and his the final piece of the puzzle is finding a trigger that doesn't involve using fingers. That's pretty great. Because I like that's that. That's really lot. funny. They have arms, but they don't have fingers, and that's like the one so close yet so far away. It's <laughs> yeah. very funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we we have our three main goals here. Um, so we're building. Uh, so first, we're going to talk about building the battery in Hoagie's time. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, from Red Edison, do you think they had to like, uh, go and look and see what other names ended with Ed? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm positive Probably. because they, I mean, they found so many different of... ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but Red has told us, Hey, we need oil. We need vinegar. We need gold. Right. Yes. Um, the oil is easy. You can just grab that from the kitchen. Uh, the wine and the gold are a little bit trickier. Right. Yes. Like Ben Franklin, uh, the lush has some wine in his room. And uh, if I learned anything from time, gentlemen, please, uh, you can use that to, uh, you know, use <laughs> you can age it to make vinegar. Yeah, there, there's um, I think that uh, it's either in the commentary or as an interview, like somebody even one of the designers like Dave Grossman mentioned, like, is this the 70th time travel puzzle that involves turning wine into vinegar? Because <laughs> uh, this is kind of like a real standard kind of thing. Yeah. Um. There's a weird little bit here, too, where it took me a little while. Like, I thought I would have to convince uh, them to let me put it in the time capsule. Mm -hmm. But you just give it to him. He's like, yeah, this would be great for the time capsule. <laughs> yes. Oh, like, my, my favorite it, like, vintage. I was, yeah. I was I was shopping for wine a little bit earlier because I needed to give it to somebody as a for a puzzle. No, as a gift. Um, yeah. And I was like, have you ever met anybody with a favorite vintage? That's, uh, that's I, a... <laughs> yeah, I know. I know a very few number of wine people. Mm. um who who do that but i don't uh i don't understand it yeah neither do i that seems like magic fingers like that's a thing from from media that just like oh yes that is a wonderful year like I've... i think it's a class thing i think there probably are still people who are like that they just make more money than you. <laughs> yeah and just they, they they don't let me meet them yeah exactly you can't make eye contact with them <laughs> um the uh have you ever uh this is an aside um there's a not too far from my house a meadery opened up are you, are you uh, down uh, with mead uh, meadery yeah um, meadery. my sole experience with mead um had a friend in college who made his own mead and uh gave me some which was a very generous gift like whenever somebody gives me their homebrew i'm going to drink it however was it one of those sorry it's warm it came from my body things <laughs> i think it came from his body it uh it... <laughs> we put that in every episode that we possibly can <laughs> if we can get that onto every show okay i'll try i'll work on the level right. for you in okay. your <laughs> <laughs> no no but when i poured it, it had a gnat in it and it was like i'm i'm sorry man i'm not gonna drink yeah, this i can't drink your gnat your yeah juice. yeah you're your gnat honey wine um I, like i'm down with the concept like i i like getting drunk um but uh <laughs> <laughs> it is I, I like it more than i like regular wine hmm. um like it it is uh i don't know but it's just like it's less sour mm -hmm. you know and it's uh it's pretty good um they had like a tasting and, and stuff depending on how long you're here and what we end up doing it might be worth checking out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause it is uh, you know, meat's good. Yeah. And it's, it's novel. Like it's like, you feel like Thor or so, you know, like yeah. it's just like, ah, it's, Hey man, as long as it doesn't have gnats in it, I'm down. It probably doesn't. Like it is, <laughs> uh, you know, it seems like a pretty clean place. So <laughs> cool. it was only there once, but yeah. Um, it's also, as far as liquids go, it is very beautiful. Oh like, yeah. Looking through a clear bottle of meat is very like, just like, Oh man, is this the color of like, sunshine and life like it is it's so it's so aesthetically pleasing it's the color of valhalla yes yeah no i'm down i'm down with the concept it was just that that one particular execution soured me <laughs> no to absolutely yeah. yeah of course it does like <laughs> um yeah uh so we, that's how we get the uh the the vinegar send it through the time capsule easy yeah. enough uh, you also have to open it with uh so each character has their own um thing that they come with like in their inventory so hoagie has a can opener because he's a big fella yeah yeah, yeah makes sense 
um the um and then so getting the the it's harder to get the uh the gold uh quill pen from the the founding fathers right just trying to grab it that does not work however um you have to uh do yeah this is this is like a multi-step puzzle this is most of the game well this is the the, the complicated hoagie puzzle is getting right. the gold you know? yeah yeah i wonder i haven't looked, examined it maybe this will come out in this episode but like if each time period has kind of a, like an easy puzzle a medium puzzle and a hard puzzle oh you know because that, that's what this definitely feels like well definitely <laughs> yeah i suppose like easy would be the the, the kitchen like getting the oil yeah right like it's just, just observation like, so explore think about time think about time in a really complicated way <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. huh there we go yeah I, I like that let's uh let's test that as we go along mm-hmm. um but yeah you have to uh so so as long as any of them are in there you're not gonna be able to get this so you have to chase them out however um uh, jefferson will not agree to light the fire um there and fire would be a good way to smoke them out right well and also you get to make uh what's his head warm yeah. So, like, it gives you that little hint that you just want to start a fire no matter what. I love that they have a the little smoke detector. They have a little canary uh, <laughs> yeah. in the cage. Yeah, there as well. Him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, in order to get the fire, you have to get the log, uh, which is kind of weird. They has that log, and mm-hmm. again, this is complicated. So, um, we give that letter for Ben Franklin to the depressed salesman, which lets us uh, get his gun that he's going to use that shoots a flag, and we go down with the guy who's selling exploding cigars. Um, every time we ask for a cigar, he'll give us one, um, because it's a classic Looney Tunes prank. Um, <laughs> are there actually exploding cigars? I don't know. It seems like, no, <laughs> it seems like probably not, but it is such a, a, a goofy prank. It, it seems um, like something like lawn darts, like maybe that existed before. Like so yeah. much of this, like so much of this is about media that like we would have seen, but never experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you take this flag gun and switch it out for the, uh, cigar salesman, uh, who has a gun that's a lighter. Right. Which is that classic prank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that classic prank where somebody levels I'm a going revolver to shoot at you your in head. the face, but actually light your cigarette. No, I'm just going to put your eye out with this flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hold still. Bang. Uh, bang. National blind. Tra- national tragedy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, Times have uh, changed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but this gets you the, uh, the 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 lighter and the exploding cigar by doing yes. this uh, this cool switcheroo, um, and then George Washington, the pompous prick, uh, yep. um, you give him a cigar because he loves cigars, um, and uh, this blows up his wooden teeth, and you yes, can replace them with those tri- with those chatter teeth, which you just have to chase into a vent. Like right. there's not really a puzzle that you just chase them around, no, um, and open up a little trap for them. And now that Washington is cold, uh, Jefferson will light the fire because uh, he cares more about Washington. Right. How cruel. Hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So he, he'll light the fire, um, and it's really nice in there now, but you have to fill the room up with smoke. And again, yeah. it does a good – there's something that signals that. Um, I can't remember who says it, but there's a good piece of dialogue that's like, yeah. hey, you know, it's a good well, thing that the, this this flu is clear. Yeah. Well, it's even the canary. Like, if you ask about the canary, they'll say, like, oh, the flu gets clawed or the canary will die. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, you cover that up, and then this uh, this the, the, this chases them all out, which gets you your final ingredient. Yes, which you can steal the pen. You can make the super battery. Uh, however, it needs to be charged. <laughs> and uh, you've got to do this through ben, Benjamin Franklin. Um, he's got this kite, uh, so you have to get it to rain. Um, and this is a puzzle that gets uh, people don't like this puzzle very much and uh, the designers like complained about it as well or kind of talked about it <laughs> did, 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 i forget this so in the, in the interview they talked about like yeah nobody likes this did they complain about like the puzzle like yeah this was a bad idea or they did they complain about people not liking it um i think that they they were saying like i think they were eating a little crow mm, yeah. about it 
Um, so yeah. the idea in the future, Bernard will say, like, looking at a car and say out of nowhere, some people say that whenever you wash a car, it rains. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, what a, what a non sequitur. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's how you make it rain is by washing this carriage. Right. Uh, in the past, which is like, I guess fine. I don't know if I would have been frustrated with it if I hadn't played it before. I remembered mm. this from when I was young. Um, and I did not. And this is one of the few times I had to look at a guide. Yeah. I think this is, it's kind of bullshit. Um, just because it, it doesn't, even if it does signal it to you, it signals it to you in another time and something that nobody has any business saying, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, it's the, the, the kind of the joke behind it is like, what if Dave Barry was true? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's a real, like, you know, yeah. It's it's just it's it's this kind of rose me the wrong way and I think it's kind of a bullshit puzzle. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's like any puzzle that's based on like a like a pun, a colloquialism, or a like folk knowledge kind of thing. Yeah, like it's the like, monkey wrench. Yeah, exactly. And that's the like that came up in the uh, in the in the oral history part of it. It's like that's I mean not like uh, you know it's it's not universal. And it's not just because it can't be translated or whatever, but just like you know it depends on you kind of like knowing that and like I've heard that before like in real life, but like my version of it from where I grew up was like oh if you wash your car a bird's gonna shit on it yeah you know like i've always heard about like never wash your car because bad stuff is going to happen but like the yeah. raining thing was always uh you know kind of like a it didn't never came out you know i just i just wish that it came up more naturally when the character hints it yeah like yeah. you can really easily miss it you have to like examine the car mm -hmm. and that's i mean you have to examine everything it's an adventure game but like it's in a different time period and it just it's a weird thing for him to say it feels mm -hmm. like a band-aid yeah you know honestly like I, i'm not i don't dig it um the achievement for this is called obvious really uh <laughs> which i think is is the uh is the developers again kind of nodding to the fact that this is yeah maybe a little bit less intuitive than the rest of their mm -hmm. puzzles well as long as they know they're wrong yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> eat, eat it grossman <laughs> the, you seem uh, like a really nice dude and so does everybody involved in yeah. this you're the best um <laughs> oh man <laughs> so now that it's raining you need a waterproof kite which you can make out of the uh the rubber uh lab coat yes um, with, yeah. a, with a puzzle where you become a new lab man yeah and and you do again just old cartoons the way you get the lab coat is by getting hired <laughs> by red edison by handing him the help wanted sign yeah so that's a real cartoon thing where you pull the help wanted sign out of the window and that's that means you have a job <laughs> um, uh, yes you, you you solved my riddle yeah i need to hold the sign Hey, you're presumptuous. I like that. <laughs> the um, that's right. I'll quote like season twelve Simpsons. Um, so anyway, it's a so shoot you for can, supplicants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you can do this now. You can uh, kind of put the battery uh, in the pocket of the kite before pushing it up, so it gets struck with lightning. Yeah. Is now charged, and you can hook it up to the car. Yeah. John, this is the requisite uh, Lucas Arts timing puzzle to figure out when to push yeah. it. Yeah. And that's more of like a, like on PC, it wouldn't have been a problem. I ran into a little bit of trouble controlling a cursor with a stick on it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not too big. Not too big a deal. Yeah. Um, so in the future, you need to get a diamond. Yeah. Or in the present. Or the present, rather. The future from the past. Right. Relative. Um, the relative yes. future. Yes. Um, and we know this, uh, we know how to get it immediately <laughs> because there's a commercial yeah. that plays that Again. says uh you know we, we're selling diamonds on home access call 1-800 star wars you'll get a diamond <laughs> which is the lucas arts hint line yeah remember. yeah yep and that is uh that is a great callback to uh to maniac mansion where you could get uh, uh one of the numbers that calls 1977 the release date of star wars yes 
Yeah. 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 But um, one of your clues here about how to uh, uh, work this out is, uh, you know, so you need the money. And uh, Edna is talking about the, the family's bad si- finances, um, talking about the, uh, the, the, the screw- he, how Dr. Fred screwed the pooch with the deal of her maniac mansion and how whenever he doesn't drink coffee, uh, he sleepwalks and goes and plays around with a safe, kind of reliving his, uh, his darkest moment. Yes. And he, uh, the, him being uh, not sleeping is, is a thing, too. Like in, in Maniac Mansion, he has not slept for five years <laughs> on this thing. So he had to switch out his coffee. Uh, for decaf and he immediately goes to sleep <laughs> and goes to the safe uh, but he moves the lock way too fast like you can go to the security room and observe it but you can't see it and this is very obvious what you need to do here uh in the grand scheme of things which is manipulate the uh the video recording of it right um and so you can go to you can go to the room but you have to get edna out of there because she will not let you touch her very expensive equipment yes. um and so and this, this is a great puzzle well it's it's the the very instigating thing i think i don't like but the actual the the well, you solve the puzzle I really love. Like, I don't like that you get rid of Edna just by pushing her. Like, it's like, why can't I do that to nine other things that I just need to get out of the room? You know, yeah. like, it's too, that's too simple. I wish that she had like a motivation and you had to get her out of the room somehow or like do something, you know, other than just like use push on Edna mm-hmm. to get her out. Cause where does she go? You know, like she, she just disappears for the rest of the game. I don't, she's, she, I guess Edna's dead. Uh, oh man. Yeah. If you went into the future and just the future version of Edna was gone. Yeah. There's a gravestone. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, um, the uh, so that that's what you need to do. But she she catches herself on the statue. Yes, and this a... is this is my favorite puzzle is figuring out what you need to do about that. So the statue is a, it's a statue of Jed or whatever his name is, um, one of the artist sons. But uh, but his sword is facing the wall as opposed to kind of like a, or no, it's it's facing the uh, the, the door right. so she can grab onto it. Um, yeah. And you know what is our detail that we know about the artist these artist sons? They hold their swords in different sides. Yes. Um, and we kind of get to intuit that they also would hammer on different sides because this is a world <laughs> where there's a left-handed hammer, uh, which is, is a goofy joke, but I'll go along with it because like, it's funny. Um, and that's the, the trick here is you just need, you don't need to get rid of the statue. You need to just make it so it's the statue of the other twin. Um, and the way you do that is by replacing his hammer with a, a left-handed hammer. Um, and then he, they, they switch places. Yeah. And then the statue in the future is flip flopped as kind of mirror imaged. And that way you can push her out. I love and the, this is this is my favorite execution of like the time travel stuff. Oh, it's great. I love yeah. the uh, the dialogue when you switch that because like he feels like he lost his mojo with it. Like, oh, no, the muse has left me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's a really depressing idea, Jed, or whatever, yeah. whichever one you are. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's just so it's it's so clever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's the the time like and making those subtle changes in time. Like it is this feels more subtle and kind of like you have to spatially think about it, mm-hmm. you know, more than you do like the tree. You well, know, it's yeah. not like just like, what if the thing doesn't exist? Like what, how can we subtly change this within the rules of this universe? Yeah. Well, and also like it leans into the strength of the game, which is like, you know, partially it's in, in its animation, right? Like, oh yeah. When you try and push Edna and you see her like catch herself on the sword, like that's rewarding you for paying attention to the fact, you know, that like, Oh, like they're, they, they drew new frames for that. So that's significant. Hmm. Yeah. Super, super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, once you do that, then you can push her out and, and you actually say, <laughs> if you want to save the world, you have to push a few old ladies down the stairs. <laughs> so it's grim. Like this is equivalent of microwaving a hamster. Like what, what is worse, man? Like, it's like, like, you know, this rodent or pushing an old lady down the stairs. I mean, like, I will tend to value a human life more than the Even if she is, you know, excruciating, like right. even if she is really obnoxious. Yeah. Um, 
Oh gosh, but yeah, you can use the uh, the, the the security system to slow down the footage and uh, determine what the, uh, what the what this is. Um, and as you go down and actually get this contract, eventually the IRS comes and locks Doctor Fred away. Yeah, because again, he hasn't been paying taxes because they've been broke. Right. And uh, and again, in kind of like a punny uh, Dave Barry esque situation, <laughs> he's wrapped up in literal red tape. Yeah, I don't and, like and, this. Oh, that feels I don't, yeah. dumb. <laughs> that, that, that's a dumb joke. Um, but you can take this rope. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm not super into this puzzle either. Like this, this feels a little goofy. You know, like re- replacing, uh, te- uh, sorry, Dr. Fred with dead, uh, dead cousin Ted. Yes. Um, and then wrapping him up. Like there's a lot of kind of just like subtle gotcha moments in it that I'm not really yeah. that down with. Like, you know, the IRS guys, like I like the IRS, the IRS guys. They kind of feel like a precursor to the milkmen. Like they're real iconic yeah. and they, you know, there's like, wow, oh, no, no, oh, it's totally him. Um, but uh, but yeah, like all the steps that are involved in this are kind of a bummer. Um, mm. And also like using one of them as a counterweight or another. It was really fiddly to me. Yeah. And there aren't when we say that there are gotcha moments, like there's no end state for this game. Ooh, there's no yeah, fail yeah. condition. It just you have to start over. And it just it's a little bit annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world again, but it's just kind of a little bit annoying. And the the it's it's out outsized just outside of my cartoon comfort box. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's just marginally more friction than I'm comfortable with. Those fucking social justice warriors and their cartoon comfort boxes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you think we're so, manufacturing people, but we're not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you take you take uh, Fred to the lab. You have to wake him up. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to put coffee in his mouth with a funnel, which is uh, a good way to, like, you know, tear up Drown somebody. Real good. Yeah. yeah you know, waterboard him. <laughs> oh, no. Well, no, if it goes into his lungs, it, is, it absorbs extra fast. Yeah, he's he's lung chugging some coffee. <laughs> You've heard of butt chugging coffee. Just wait until you get the lung chug. Oh, man, if they were brave enough to do butt chugging in this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it'd be a way to get that coffee into quick. Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, when, uh, back in the day when I used to hang out uh, with some kind of uh, slightly skeevier people, Mm-hmm. One of them uh, had a VHS tape. They had uh, butt chugged some whiskey. Oh, and no. there were, they had a VHS tape of it that I've seen. The brownest uh, of the brown liquors. It is. <laughs> yep. And it is. Uh, let me tell you, if you ever want to just watch someone writhe on the floor in agony, <laughs> like, <laughs> that is what happened. Like, it just and yell it burns, <laughs> um, which like is such a uh, watching it happen was so weird because it was just like, like, I know what's going to happen. Right. Why doesn't he? <laughs> um, you know how when you eat like Indian food, that's like a, like a, like a five or a six instead of a, yeah. instead of a two or a three kind of burns on the way out. Well, let's take that same principle and apply it to alcohol that might burn yeah. on the way into. And just, and just go, go direct to the source. Um, <laughs> the just... fact, I mean, the person who showed that to you knew what was happening to you. Like, Hey, look at this. No, that, that's the thing too. It was such a guy moment, fucking, <laughs> fucking man, where they're just like, "Hey, this is disgusting and disturbing. Check it out." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this I'd watch it too. I'm not judging anybody. No, no, I would do that too. It's the, but it's the same impulse that was like in gym this. class, yeah. where yeah, he smelled this, you know, <laughs> which is, is such a such a male thing to me. It's <sighs> oh, pretty good. You get your requisite uh, Twin Peaks reference here with a damn good coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, um but uh fred will not sign this and this is kind of like one of the soul uh won't, won't sign the contract and this is one of the soul dialogue puzzles where you have to convince him like no this isn't your contract this is a petition to outlaw purple tentacles yeah 
which which he'll sign. And he this is a, a real obvious bit of signaling too, because he says something like, "I would only sign something without thinking about it if it was obvious." He says something <laughs> very uh, very obvious. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what we're doing here, this is another really clever puzzle. Again, with the interaction between colonial times and the present being probably the best uh, those best interactions, where we're just putting in like a, a patent, like putting mm-hmm. in a contract ahead of time. Yeah. By literally well, sending it to the past. Yeah. He missed his to, deadline. So as long so, as it's so there, let's, yeah. Let's get it there from like the 1800s. Yeah. Um, but you need a Pony Express stamp to do this. Yeah. And um, so who do we know who is uh, real into philately? Yes, a stamp collector, Weird Ed. Uh, you spill some disappearing ink on the stamp book to get him to think uh, that it's ruined. Um, you take it, mm-hmm. and then uh, you can give that back. But while you're here, um, you can. He's got a computer in the background. Yeah, uh, it is a it is a Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes, wink, um, wink. And if you if you click on it, um, you get to play the entirety of Maniac Mansion. Which is a point-and-click adventure game developed by Lucasfilm Games uh, for the PC in 1987. Yeah, and uh, even though what he has in his uh, in his in, in his room is a is a Commodore 64, we're going to be talking about the NES version, which was released in 1990. Yes, um, which we have already done an episode on Maniac Mansion to a degree, um, but it should be noted that uh, that was before we knew how to do episodes with guests. <laughs> so we were trying to do an interview at the same time we did our standard treatment of Maniac Mansion. Right. And sh- I apologize to Ron Gilbert. I apologize to the audience. <laughs> uh, that, that episode is a good episode only by which that it has great music and that it has uh, Ron's insights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think we did uh, justice to the game. No, and that is a shame because uh, Maniac Mansion is uh, kind of a favor for both of us. Yeah, one of one of my all time, if not my favorite, uh, I think it is my favorite LucasArts game. Oh yeah, uh, and one of my all time favorite video games in general. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what what would be your like? So you've mentioned like, oh, it might be my favorite or my second favorite. What would be the one contending for it? I uh, uh, Monkey Island Two. Oh yeah. So Monkey Island Two, Maniac Mansion are my my faves, um, and then like in the middle area is kind of Day of the Tentacle and Loom. Mm, and yeah. stuff. I like uh, I like uh, Full Throttle and Sam and Max, mm-hmm. um, but I like them flavor wise more than i like their puzzles yeah yeah like both of them and then uh i'm uh, scared to everything i've read about grim fandango makes me really scared to revisit it mm. like uh, like there's a, a lot of reviews of that remaster which is like hey the puzzles in this game are actually bad and bullshit mm. and uh, i remember the back half of that game dragging a lot anyway and i think that's probably what my memory yeah. is uh, yeah that's uh so grim probably occupies the sam the sam and max um portion for me as well mm-hmm. like i i the flavor on that is so good that it you know overrides some of that it's fantastic that it's, a, yeah. it's a double find dot text <laughs> like it's just you know really really great flavor yep but just kind of falling down in gameplay whereas the weirder kind of earlier lucas art stuff i am more into zach more Kraken would be somewhere in the middle there too i love that game hmm. um that's a very funny game yeah. um so the uh the thing about maniac mansion is uh, it did away with, uh, p- previous to that, there were kind of text parsers. Um, Ron Gilbert didn't like that because you had to kind of guess what the developer was thinking um, using these command lines. So instead, he developed a scum engine, the uh, script you cre- script creation utility for Maniac Mansion, which uh, gives us our verb set thing yeah. that we uh, 
are so used to. Which they used for like a decade until yeah. until Grimm came out and they used the uh, the Grime engine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this game thematically is kind of a takeoff of horror B-movies. So if Day of the Tentacle is a Saturday morning mo uh, movie or a cartoon, this is like a Friday night horror feature almost. And you follow these uh, the, this group of these several teenagers as they kind of invade this, uh, this mansion uh, to rescue Sandy, the head cheerleader and the girlfriend of Dave, kind of the lead bland uh, football star that is uh, based on Ron Gilbert. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry um, I called you bland, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this game is extremely nonlinear um, and is really impressively designed um, in that, like, there are multiple ways to beat it, multiple different combinations, kids you can take, and you can solve the puzzles in any different way. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the the kids real quick. Yeah. So I need to pull up a list of these because, like, Dave doesn't have oh, any. Oh, do you? <laughs> do I? Oh, sorry. No, I just want to make sure I don't miss any. Like, I know, oh. I know their names, but I just want to make sure I don't, you know. I, I understand. I'm just, I'm just teasing you. Uh, so Dave doesn't have any special abilities, but you have to have him. Um, he is non-optional and he is kind of the all-American kid. Um, you know, he's a cool guy. That's Dave. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, Bernard, um, who shows up in day of the tentacle as well, mm -hmm. who is a nerd and a coward and is kind <laughs> of the easy mode character for yes. the game. He has the most uh, utility. He can be used in the most endings. Um, and, uh, yeah, he only has one drawback and many, many advantages. Right. Uh, the drawback being that he is a coward. Yeah. Yes. And that only comes up in one one encounter. Yeah. Um, so you have Michael, who is a uh, film student and a photographer for the uh, for the mm -hmm. college newspaper. And he uh, he is pretty savvy about media, but also he can be used for one of the endings uh, that requires you to develop some film. Yep. Uh, we have two musicians who are identical kind of me mechanically, uh, Razor and Sid and uh, Razor, who is kind of a metal chick, uh, kind of a precursor to Hoagie. And uh, and uh, trivia wise was going to be in Day of the Tentacle. Yeah. Um, and then Sid, who is kind of a cool new wave guy. Um, <laughs> but they are uh, both musicians and their powers include making music and having uh, low morals right. because they are the only people who will microwave the uh, hamster. <laughs> um, and then you also have Wendy, who is a uh, who's a writer. And yes. uh, she can get you another ending by uh, by revising a terrible, terrible manuscript. And then you have Jeff, who is just another Dave. He's uh, he's fucking useless. He, he has one more ability than J than Dave has. <laughs> uh, he can fix the phone. Um, one of the reasons you're going to be choosing these people and the reason why the NES version of this game is the definitive version um, is because of the music, which is my favorite NES soundtrack. And I did. A, there's a video game audio podcast uh, that Illusory Wall does. Um, from Dark Souls fame that I guessed it on that was just mm -hmm. about the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, because I love it. So, and that is a reason why you would make certain choices. So that's why uh, Jeff might come along with you. You know, he's not that <laughs> useful as his music is goddamn killer. Um, for, uh, for this playthrough that I did, um, I actually did the manuscript ending, which I always avoided in the past because I don't like Wendy's music. Mm. So it just goes to show you how important that is to, to the play experience of this game. You're going to be listening to a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never done that or I, I've done it before, but I've, I've done all the endings before when I was young, I hadn't revisited that one. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the one I did for this. I did uh, Jeff, Wendy and Dave. Oh, well, um, I did. Uh, I, so I wanted to get through this kind of quick in the way that mm -hmm. I kind of knew it. Uh, so I did Bernard, whose music I love anyway. Like, it's oh, kind Bernard's of a, music is fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, Devo. a Devo, Oingo Bongo, uh, Oingo Bongo kind of feel to it. Yeah, like twitchy electronica yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and then I also did uh, did Michael as well. And Michael's music is great too, even yeah. though it is really like generic funk. Which like, <laughs> okay, yep, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, so the um, this, they're all going to be different endings depending on who you choose. In kind of an idea that was later revisited in the cave. Uh, which the cave is also good, but I don't like it quite as much. It's a little bit more complicated. 
Um, and it also has seven characters. And to get all the endings for all the characters, you have to play through it three times, which means you have to do two yeah. characters again, which is a real gobsmacking mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this game is really noteworthy because it has these cutscenes, uh, which is actually a term like we say that all the time, but that's a Ron Gilbert term. Yeah, because uh, he is a national hero. <laughs> and this is where the uh, the kind of action cuts away to show um, a scene happening elsewhere. It's very cinematic and uh, is a huge part of video games. Yeah. And so like through these, you get to see the different members of the Edison family interact with each other or um, you get to see um, the family or any of their creatures kind of move about the mansion. Right. Um, and this is kind of a big deal. Uh, for the way this plays, because if they see any of the kids, they're going to throw them into the dungeon. Um, yes. And this makes the mansion feel really alive. Um, during that interview and in some of the kind of like supplementary stuff you can read about Maniac Mansion, uh, you find out that they kind of designed this as a board game almost. Yeah. Um, Which is really cool, and and I I said that during the episode is, <laughs> is boy I would like to have that board game. Me too, for sure. Yeah. But like it really lends to this like you know this whole area feeling like a really kind of just intricate machine almost. Mm -hmm. That is like governed by this really cool stuff. Like I, I like this is a scary game, Gary. Though that's what I'm gonna say is it just it's not only does it make it feel alive, it's so tense. Like this is <laughs> this is like this is a survival horror game uh, because and and this is something I, like I've written up a couple things about Nick Mansion before, but like one of the things is that I you can't relate to the broad horror in this game but every kid can relate to being somewhere you're not supposed to be right that is a universal terror of like i'm gonna get caught by an adult <laughs> yep and this game does that so well like you know even down to like oh i'm at a, a adult's new year's party and i was told not to go in this office well i'm bored and there are some interesting looking books on that shelf like i wonder if i could sneak in there and take a look yeah you know and just looking over your shoulder constantly the actual once you know the strings you're not in very much danger, right? Like it becomes very predictable, but the first time playing through this, you have no idea where they're <laughs> going to be. And they do, they do such a good job of like presenting that right away. Mm -hmm. Well, the, with, it, when the music changes, like immediately yeah, when you're in danger. It is, it is oh. a real, you know, it is a real Pavlovian response or <laughs> it enlists one in me. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so even if you are caught um, in most instances, you're not going to be in danger, really. Like, they'll put you in the dungeon, uh, but you can get out. There's, like, a loose brick you can push. Um, and really what that means is for the majority of the game, one uh, guy, probably Dave, uh, is going to be trapped down there. Um, dungeon Dave. Yeah, Dungeon Dave. Um, but eventually, you, you, like, you even get the key, you know, so it's not yeah. that big of a deal. So Dungeon Dave can get out. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of loose states, um, again, that doesn't bother me because most of them are suicide <laughs> right like most of them are you you know purposely doing it and some of the other ones that are not um are played for humor yeah. um in a way so you can blow up the mansion um a couple different ways you can send away uh this car that is a rocket <laughs> uh, with necessary items yeah. my favorite way you can die uh, that won't show up in either of our playthroughs uh for the show is uh getting the recording contract and showing it to the green tentacle <laughs> yeah they're getting the recording kind con of contract for your character for, yeah for not for you but like you're just like he wants a recording contract so bad sid goes and records himself playing piano gets a recording contract and just shows him like look how easy this is for me <laughs> and the green tentacle kills you in jealousy it just it 
hard cut to a tombstone. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is so good. It is, like, a brilliant moment. Yep. Uh, I just, uh, you know, because I like physics puzzle kind of stuff, um, the other one you can get is if you microwave uh, radioactive water, you inhale yeah, the radioactive yeah. steam and then die of, I, I guess, cancer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fused fast cancer. Yeah, <laughs> ultra um, cancer. Or you can drown, like if somebody yeah. fills the pool up while you're inside of it. But that's, again, that's suicide. Yeah. And then when, when a character dies, they show up as a tombstone, and you can still be the character and look around just from the tombstone. <laughs> like, I love that, too. Yeah. Um, so the, even though the NES version, I would call it the definitive version because of the music, um, it is kind of censored. Yeah. Uh, so there are a couple, like, real minor little, like, bits that are, are censored out. Yeah. Uh, like, they changed Muff Diver to Tuna Diver in the arcade. Sure, which is still dirty as hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, still a bit much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, um, and then uh, yeah, a couple like uh, a nude statue, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Um, um, uh, oh gosh, Edna is a little bit less uh, predatory. Yes, <laughs> she 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 wants to statutory rape the young men. Right. In this game, uh, in the original version, mm-hmm. so that that is her thing. Um, the uh, yeah, but uh, the NES version again, the music still makes like it's the soundtrack is good enough to play a point and click game with a cursor. As opposed to a, <laughs> or with, you know, a, with a D-pad. Yeah. yeah, with a D-pad. Like, it is it is so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we, we get our setup right in the beginning. A meteor lands uh, at a creepy mansion at night during this awesome music. Yes. And uh, we get to choose our... We, we've chosen our kids. It shows them out there kind of setting up the premise. Like, hey, let's go rescue uh, Sandy. Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, the, the meteor has a little line of flavor. Oh, yeah, they, they, they do. So I had Bernard, and uh, he turns to leave. But Dave says, hey, don't be a tuna head. Michael says, hey, I remember a movie that was... Uh-oh, that ended bad, didn't it? Yeah, it, it used to be Don't Be a Muff Head. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I changed it. That's upsetting. It's like a Cronenberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, flap, 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 flap. Um, <laughs> um, what do uh, what the Jeff and Wendy say? Um, Jeff, boy, nothing great. Uh, Wendy just says, like, let's go do it. And, and ten, and Jeff, bud. Yeah, yeah, he does exactly what he says. He says something like that, like... <laughs> It's, it's it's pretty ridiculous i don't i don't remember uh i might have accidentally skipped past it because i was playing it on an emulator on my my 3ds mm-hmm. uh so i might have accidentally clicked through it because it mm. doesn't emulate perfectly weirdly that's dumb um so it, it emulates well but not not perfect yeah so because this is a uh non-linear game it's going to be hard and also like just there's no reason to say like here's how you get the rusty key versus the silver key versus versus the small key there's so Uh, much item chaff (laughs) there really really is which works like i like that as a mechanic um and 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 a lot of stuff especially mac venture uh kind of stuff but uh kind of like the day of the technical episode which we're in the middle of uh we're going to take a tour of the mansion and then hit the uh the four main puzzles uh which are really the only ones you need to do and there are like mini puzzles that that, uh, that lead to them yeah well i mean the, the, by the four main puzzles we'll talk about those play into the endings mm-hmm. we're, we're going to kind of approach it from looking at the endings and what you need to do to get to those endings right because uh, there are multiple ones. Um, so outside, um, to get into the uh, the game, uh, or get into the mansion, um, and Dave even says this, the key is <laughs> under the mat, which is not really a puzzle, uh, but you get inside, um, there is this little entryway, there is a gargoyle uh, knob that opens a door to the basement, There's a, or there's a door that doesn't have a knob, there's a gargoyle that you use to open the door to the basement. Yeah. Um, um, I, I forgot on playing through this, what, four years later? Um, how many dark rooms there are and searching mm-hmm. for the light switches is kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I want to say, and this might not be true, but that the computer version doesn't tell you what you're highlighting. Oh, Jesus. Um, I, I, do, I think that's true. I think the NES version added that that grace in there, so that makes it much easier. Yeah. But it does mean that, like, 
it is a legitimate puzzle to get the flashlight and get batteries mm -hmm. or if you want to do that it's optional but you can do that to make it a little bit easier to find the light yeah um, you go through uh, to the right there is a, a living room with a key that's in the chandelier you get to see an old radio and accept player mm -hmm. um, which is a real cool puzzle um, <laughs> and further is there's a library with a, a staircase that's out of order which <laughs> I, love, I love that joke um, uh, this is also where you see Chuck the plant uh, there's a phone and there's a loose panel where you can get a cassette tape, which is very, very important to the critical path. Yes, for a uh, bunch of characters. Yeah, yeah it is, uh, if you're using the music characters or if you're trying to get that that key. Yeah, um, uh, and that's the key that that opens up the uh, the dungeon. Yes. Yeah. Um, the kitchen is where a lot of stuff of interest happens. This is where you get the flashlight. Um, there's also a bloody chainsaw. I wonder how that got through. I really, really do. That's really great. And there's a real fun little joke with that where you have the chainsaw, but you can never use it because you can't find fuel. In uh, Zach McCracken, you can find the fuel, but you never find the chainsaw yep. for it. So it's, in a, it's in a, on the other side of the country, which is really great. Um, and this is where you're first going to run into Edna. And it's so brilliant for them to put a character out of the room as the initial state mm -hmm. of, the, of the mansion. Because you walk in and you're immediately kind of told, like, oh, I can get caught. Like, this is not a static environment. Yeah. Um, um, also, the, like, it triggers halfway through. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't open up or the music doesn't change until you get to the fridge. Until you see her. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, like, that never really happens elsewhere in the game. But, like, if there is a long, long room, you kind of get this sense of dread, like, this could, you know, like there could be somebody like coming after me right outside my vision. This is the only time it's not explicitly signaled when somebody's going to be walking, right? You know, traveling, um, and it's really again, it's really smart to like build that mystery, the player, like right? build the mystery, and then say there's no consequence for it. <laughs> so it does, it does, it kind of like shows you the teeth, but then shows you that they're corked, <laughs> like all in, all in one move, you know. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's really it's really smart. Mm -hmm. um, and then even just this kitchen. So you get the kitchen. Uh, there's a fridge. You get some Pepsi, uh, etc. Um, <laughs> some batteries in the fridge. I'm um, going to the dining room, which I think I, I'm sure I mentioned this when we covered this before, but has always been like terrifying to me. This kitchen mm -hmm. tableau with all the blood and this uh, dining room that is set exquisitely with rotting food that no one ever ate. Yep. Is a, so like a real like terror trigger for me. Like mm -hmm. I think it's a very unsettling. Yeah. Image. Well, I mean, like, so, you know, it's, it's rotted. So, like, when the meteor fell, nobody there needed food anymore. It's like a real yeah. color out of space kind of thing. Exactly. I mean, Ed does. So he just eats cheese and Pepsi. Well, yeah. Like, it is just, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it is it is really, really cool. And there's nothing useful inside this room. No. You just move through it, and you can pick up this rotting food and stuff. But there's it's just a creepy scene. Yeah. And I, I really love that. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's item chaff for a puzzle we're going to get to later. Yeah. Um, there's I love the Torn Syrah painting in the background. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Um, the mudroom um, has uh, uh, some stuff. When you walk in there, there's a, a trigger where Weird Ed comes down to get a snack. She's from my hamster in me. That's um, that's timing based. That's not room based. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to... he goes down to get some get some cheese, which is uh, if you grab the cheese, uh, there won't be any, but you can use that to like kind of temporarily allay him. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, one of the ending puzzles here. There's a bottle of developer, uh, film develop yes. developer that falls through the, uh, the grates. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we get a little cutscene with Fred menacing Sandy, and he's going to remove her braid yeah. for nefarious purposes. <laughs> um, the second floor, um, there is this art room. And this is a weird little landing. If you actually tried to map this mansion from the side, it would look like an hourglass. Yep. There's one floor that just has one room <laughs> uh, that's holding up the entire top of the building, which is really great. <laughs> um, the, uh, so there's a little art room uh, where there's some wax fruit and some purple slime that's in a crate, mm -hmm. uh, which I love. Like, just like, what's in that fucking crate? Um, I always read that as, uh, like, like this this was uh, Purple Tentacles room and that he was a failed artist. 
and mm. like you saw his like that was his movement trail because this is where he lived his Could purple be. slime yeah yeah uh but this is where you get some uh paint remover and wax fruit which will be important later the music room um is uh, again going to be important this is a very economical game <laughs> Absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a piano and a Victrola here, but also a TV where you can see an ad for a tel- uh, for a self publishing company for three guys who publish anything. Yep, which is, is very funny. Like very reputable. <laughs> um, which is such a, like I love those little jokes that are like uh, creative people jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's such that, that's such a dream. You know, just like <laughs> which is like they'll just do it. Like it's mm-hmm. so easy. Um, so making that and then the uh, there's a broken record here. That's the first few notes of Loom, mm-hmm. uh, the Loom music, which is really great. Um, and this has evolved a lot of puzzles. Uh, there's also, um, if you kind of head further in uh, past the security door, which on the PC version is the copy protection door, um, there is a medical exam room with a skeleton. And uh, you find a memoir that is written by a meteor, but is very terribly written. <laughs> and it's very important to the uh, the windy ending. Yeah, a, a lot of glaring omissions and typos. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, there's also an arcade, which uh, factors into one of the mandatory puzzles. Well, mandatory. It it's it's interesting the way that, that that may or may not factor in. Right. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a it is it is uh, exceedingly unmandatory on the NES version. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, on the third floor, this is the one that has the uh, the one room. I didn't, I didn't want to correct you before, but this is the landing that has the. Wait, uh, I just said one one floor. Ah, one. there we go. Okay, cool. I didn't Sorry, say it was, uh, didn't say it was the second floor. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure it was clear for the listeners. Yeah, but this is uh, this is kind of the first real gate that you have. Green Tentacle is here, and he's not going to do anything for you. He's just hungry, and uh, yeah. he wants you to pay the troll toll. Yes. So you have to give him uh, some wax fruit. <laughs> which is his favorite food, which you just kind of have to guess. Like, you found tentacle chow before. He doesn't like the tentacle chow. Or he eats it, but it's just like, huh. you know, until you get the wax fruit. It's not satisfying. Yeah, which is which is kind of goofy, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'll forgive it. And then uh, you give him some fruit drinks, which are refreshing. Mm-hmm. And he moves out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, where I got the cutscene where Weird Ed is talking to Edna, like, oh, he hasn't slept in five years, and he carries those bodies in the basement at night. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Edna, she says, what's your point? <laughs> You're bothering me, kid. It's a really good joke. What's your point? So? Um, yeah. Our marriage is fine. Our marriage is fine. <laughs> and this is where uh, where you can uh, use the dark room uh, to get Michael's ending. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the idea of, like, a house just having the dark room sounds way <laughs> scarier than it actually is. Yeah. Like, don't go in the dark room. Oh, this is the place where I practice my craft. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What kind of... Okay. It's all-purpose craft. <laughs> um, so up onto the fourth floor, uh, there is a, a spare room. Here, which is uh, this is the one that I always thought was Purple Tentacles' room, mm. uh, because I, the the painting room um, none of the other tentacles leave slime trails, mm. and this is right below the Green Tentacles' room. Ah, so I thought they were like bunk buddies. <laughs> yeah, uh, the guy that I looked at um, here just uh, when mm. I was putting this together, so I got the nomenclature right. Either called it uh, the spare room or uh, Doctor Fred's room because it has mm. the medical stuff. Um, oh the, yeah, yeah, but this has the uh, the wanted poster, and uh, there's a uh, uh, yeah, it's the wanted poster for the meteor on the wall. There's also this radio, the shortwave radio without a tube. Yeah, I just assumed Doctor Fred was bunking up with his, with his waifu, but mm. well, maybe not. Yeah. His terrifying, well, the, terrifying it, waifu. It's the it's the uh, uh, I think it's in the PC version. You can look up a periscope and see that he's spying on his wife in her room. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you go up to Green Tentacles' room, um, which is uh, has tons of huge amps again, <laughs> and he's depressed because he'll never get his band started. Yeah. Um, but uh, you steal the, this record. Um, if you give him a, your demo tape, he'll give you a demo tape as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we well, um, trade is, demos, you know. Yeah, which is again super great. Um, <laughs> which is uh, you know part of that solution if you want to go the music route. Yeah. Of, uh, of this uh, this ending. Yeah. Um, Edna's room is right next door. Um, she is kind of a mandatory dungeon run unless you distract her with a phone call. 
Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you send in a kid to send her to the basement, and you can get in while yeah. it's going on. The time limit is super short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're pretty much always going to be trapped um, in the back there. Yeah. 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 Um, um, above there is a room with a safe and a painting, um, and the combination is written below it, but it is way too small to read. Yes. Um, you can go to Ed's room, and Ed will take you to the dungeon, but you have a chance to talk to him. Um, he won't take you there right away, and you find out he's actually plotting against his father. Yeah. So you can uh, you can make him do a dungeon run <laughs> to get in there. Uh, ultimately, you can get him on your side if you like as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like how you can make his life hell. You can either break his piggy bank. Um, you can take his pet hamster, which, again, you can microwave him. That is a, an infamous bit. Um, or you can uh, get this, uh, well, you, I guess you have to get this uh, this purple card key to, to beat the game. Yeah, which is behind the hamster. Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a mandatory. And one way you do that is you give him his commando package, <laughs> yeah. uh, which, which shows up. Um, the, the door, it's, this is, again, a cool time card because the door will bell ring. You'll see something that's delivered there, this commando package. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to go grab that. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, before he can get it. Um, and then you can take the stamps off it, which have not been uh, canceled, not been postmarked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to do that. That's uh, That can lock you out of a bunch of endings if you don't uh, if you don't get that right away. Yes. Yeah. Um, Dead Cousin Ted's room um, <laughs> has this uh, luxury sarcophagus and the Hunkomatic, <laughs> which is which is pretty great, um, which you need to use to get swole and solve a couple puzzles. Or be able to open a couple of things because you're strong. Yeah, yeah. You can turn all your all your dudes into hunks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and in the bathroom, uh, dead cousin Ted is uh, taking a taking a shower, and you can wash yep. him away with a with a handle to uh, to. It's basically saying for a good time call. And is this incest scary? Ah, uh, boy, I don't know. Like they they are a pretty creepy family. Yeah. The the sexual politics of Munich Mansion like are beyond my ken <laughs> I, I can't i don't uh, i couldn't chart this stuff out <laughs> so yeah um, i just wanted to ask if you knew because you're you're generally a little bit more knowledgeable about the skin than i am well i i, I don't actually know if they're if they're fucking uh, <laughs> who knows who's cousin, it's oh, cousin. Shit, maybe yeah. it's a cousin you know by marriage because mm. then it's not really incest it's just uh no, it's, it's just, just taboo yeah it's, it's taboo it's, it's just in- fucking society <laughs> yeah just inconsiderate <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so you persecute cousin Ted because of his beliefs? The woman says no. I'm sorry. I'm trying to erase it. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that dr- that drill tweet. Great. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh man, am I familiar with a drill tweet? What, what, what a national treasure that guy is. <laughs> yep. Like that is one of my favorite. Like, those are, he's good. Oh gosh. Um, this is an optional puzzle because it just allows you to distract yeah. Edna. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like how many optional puzzles there are that make some things kind of easier, but not necessary. Right. Right. And then there's a family room at the end that has this uh, uh, kind of piranha plant there, and there's also mm-hmm. this painted over door, um, which yes. leads to this uh, dilapidated room with some with some separate wires. You yes. can also get outside. Uh, mostly, you need to, to to have used the hunkomatic to uh, to do a bunch of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, there's a pool outside, uh, which is being used as a coolant for a nuclear reactor. <laughs> um, and if you can get it, you can get a hunk. You can open the garage, and we can get that faucet handle for the mummy, and then open the trunk of the weird Edsel and get these tools that you need. <laughs> I just the Edsel is always going to be hilarious to me. I don't know mm-hmm. why, and just the fact that they that they have that pole for a company for for a family of all Eds. Uh, yeah. when, when I was in high school, I was on the. Uh, did you have academic challenge when you grew up? Uh, I'm sure we had something similar. To that. Yeah, it's like academic challenge or quiz bowl. Uh, but my team uh, that I was on with uh, David, actually from the level, we were on the same team because uh, yeah, um, we ended up going on a bunch of TV and we we went up to a TV um, competition for. Uh, up in Cleveland, and the host in this local, this local place was fucking fascinated with Studebaker cars. 
Okay. Okay, and like that's what he led with. Like, hey, I'm you know, so and so Mick so and so son, and I love Studebakers. And like all the warm up questions and the studio warm up were about Studebakers. Okay. And that's like weird. the the trivia questions were like, hey, which of you knows about Studebakers? And Gary, it was the most fucking bizarre like <laughs> twenty minutes of my life. That's very very strange. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. very weird. Ed's old Studebakers. The forties were weird. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, they're just like like goofy comedy cars for old people who think cars are funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no thanks. Make way for the Pepsi generation. Shit. How weird so, is it that they have Pepsi? <laughs> they love Pepsi. Pepsi has like product placement in this game. Yeah. Weirdly enough. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but now we've kind of seen all of this. We can get below um, the, uh, the, the the house and uh, control the pool and also get this uh, this place. Um, get the but, developer fluid. Yeah, get the, get, yeah, get the, the developer fluid. But now we, uh, we've we got uh, access to everything we need to solve the uh, the main puzzles of this. Yes. And the, the main puzzles are essentially um, getting the lab code to get into uh, Dr. Fred, mm-hmm. uh, finding some way to deal with his guard, which is a purple tentacle, uh, finding and then finding a way to deal with the meteor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you need to do. So there's a couple different ways to do all these things, which is why this is a great game. Um, the uh, so Dr. Fred, uh, his lab code is his current high score on Meteor Mess. Oh, we didn't uh, we didn't talk about getting the key though. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, the yeah. key card from the uh, from behind the hamster. Oh uh, no, the, the, like the actual the, the the glowing key to the lab where you have oh, to yeah, yeah. where you have, you have to drain the pool um, yes. by doing some stuff with hunks. Uh, to get below there and grab this. This is a nice little, like, timed thing. Like, mm-hmm. again, this makes sense with physics. Like, if you get rid of the coolant, everything's going to explode. So you have to, um, you know, uh, execute this perfectly to get uh, to get to get the key to get back there. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it, it makes you really scared. The time limit is not super ungenerous. You want to save before you do it. But oh, yeah. it does make you really terrified and do it. Um, so you head down to the bottom of the pool, get the things that you need from the bottom of the pool, and then get back up. Right. Um, the lab code is keyed to Dr. Dr. Fred's high score on Meteor Mass. Yes. Um, so if he hasn't played yet, it's zero 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 zero. <laughs> if you wait long enough, he will go play it. They'll get a cutscene, and then it changes to whatever his score is. Right. So it's kind of like a time thing. If you're doing well enough, if you know what you're doing, the code is just going to be zero 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 zero. If you wait long enough, uh, I think this is true of the computer version too. I don't think this is NES specific. Yeah. It's always time time coded. Yeah. Um, he'll go. He resets the machine and then plays the game. Yeah. So then it gets an actual code, and right. you have to uh, play the game using a quarter that you find on the floor in Edna's room, I think, or you oh, get one from the piggy it's bank. It's in the it's in the safe. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So all the other coins are dimes. The quarter is in the safe in uh, in Edna's room. So you have to uh, use uh, use the dimes to, uh, to 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 get the code from the from the telescope. Yeah. And then to do that, you have to uh, get power to the um, the arcade, which you have to use the. Uh, the frayed wires in the attic. It's pretty complicated. Yeah. Um, so if you're quick, you know, it's, it's much easier. <laughs> I love the fake out. Um, you have old batteries from the fridge, which mm-hmm. I never understood that, like old wives' tale. People do that. Like yeah. people, I've seen, you know, batteries in a fridge. Again, weird old people. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah. It just, uh, like that, that was a fun little nod, but like the, they'll go out like right away. You need to actually yeah. get the batteries from, you know, from the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that gets you the quarter that you need. And also the envelope you need to, uh, to deal with the meteor or with, uh, or to get the, uh, the um, help. Yeah, yeah. To do to do that, uh, or, I mean, to send anything away in the mail, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, dealing with the meteor or dealing with uh, with purple tentacle, this is most dependent on who you're playing with. Yes. 
Um, so the way I always did when I was younger was calling the meteor police. Oh, yeah. Um, which is you get Bernard to uh, fix the vacuum tube or take the vacuum tube from the living room radio, put it in the radio in Fred's room, and call the meteor police, <laughs> which I really love. I love the idea of the meteor police. Like, that would yeah. have been an alternate sketch idea if I wasn't so enamored of the of the time travel paradox thing. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, they're real great. And they scare away the purple tentacle and allow you to get in. Right. Um, with <laughs> Sid or Razor, uh, you can record some music of your own trade demo tapes with the green tentacle. And get the green tentacle uh, a contract, and then he will protect you from purple tentacle. Right. Because you're now his friend. You helped him live his dream, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you can do something similar with Michael, where you can get a, a weird ad on your side by kind of uh, helping him bring his plans to fruition and developing his, uh, um, you know, like the diagrams and stuff. His using, film, yeah. Yeah, yeah using your, uh, the film from the package. Um, and, and go- yeah. And, and, and with Wendy, the way it works is uh, it's kind of weird because the way you deal with the... Uh, uh, meteor is the same way you deal with the tentacle um it's, it's pretty charming though because the the tentacles like by no means can you pass and you show him the manuscript and he goes you know what he's gonna really like this <laughs> wow how um, thoughtful <laughs> that, that's he's gonna love this yeah he's got it you've got to show it to him <laughs> and uh and lets you pass um when you get past you're in dr fred's room and uh you have to put on a radiation suit make sure mm-hmm. you do that before you go into the meteor's room mm-hmm. you go in the meteor room the meteor will zap you uh, with these things with eventually will kill you so it's kind of a, a small time limit um you have to deal with the meteor and there are a bunch of different ways you can kill the meteor um <laughs> if you want to just kill him so the meteor yeah. police can come in and take him away you can also take him put him in the trunk of the car yeah blast him in space you can feed him to the carnivorous plant yep. you can drown him in the pool <laughs> oh i forgot you about can microwave him like uh you can do a, I don't actually i don't know if you can microwave him <laughs> um it makes sense if you could but you can do a lot of different things to kill him yeah <laughs> um yeah uh regardless like dr fred he is uh panicking right now and he set yes. the self-destruct code and you have to you know re- dealing with the meteor will help him uh will, will help him come to his senses and uh deactivate it and well, you, you turn off the machine that's controlling him but then the the thing the self-destruct code has already started yeah there we go so yeah he has uh, control of himself back and he's like you know apologizes like what have i done mm-hmm. yeah um I still think that the funniest thing you can do is the the manuscript ending, which is why it sucks that Winnie's music is so bad. <laughs> because you give the manuscript to the meteor, um, and he's just, or you've sent the, the meteor away, you get the contract. You send the contract, give the contract to the meteor, and he's like, whoa, I don't have to be evil anymore. I have a lucrative publishing contract. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it shows him on, like, Dave Letterman. Like, it shows him on, on, on a talk show talking about how he couldn't have done it alone, and they're interviewing him about what it's like to be a meteor. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> I like the, uh, the the ending where Dave dies. Uh, if you kill oh, him yeah. in, in, in any way, like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Sandy, that I killed your boyfriend because of my mania. Um, well, how about if I bring him back to life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. And they're like, um, oh, but that's a story for another game. Waka waka. Yeah. And then that ends up being the ending of the expansion, which is very replayable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, I don't want to talk too much about generalities, but like I mean, I'm sure I mentioned this in the episode we did before. Um, it's just so remarkable because it's on the NES at all. Yep. So not only is that version really great because of the music and graphics, but it's also a really cool way to expose kids that wouldn't ordinarily have access yep. to LucasArts adventure games. And that was really me. Like, like that's how I got exposed to it. Like I was way too young for it. But uh, mm-hmm. my, you know, my stepsister had a copy of this. I was like, man, I mentioned that sounds, that sounds intriguing. I never like really played too far into it when I borrowed it. But I had the walkthrough in this like Russell Demaria like Secrets of the Sages mm. uh, kind of guide, and you know, like I read that just feverishly so many times before I even played the game. 
And so, like, this game, you know, from a very early age, was, like, kind of in line with, like, Final Fantasy 2 for me, or 4 or whatever, and, like, oh, games can be, like, a, a lot more, you know? Yeah. Uh, it is it is it is my favorite. Like it's my favorite LucasArts adventure game. And up there, like depending on which day you ask me, Gabriel Knight One or Me Neck Match is my favorite adventure game of all yeah. time. So it is uh it is it is so up there. I love it. Yeah. So very much. Yeah, I agree. We finished playing that in uh, Weird uh, Weird Ed's room, and we're yep. back with uh, with the with the uh, stamps. Yeah, so we have the stamps. We can send away the contract, um, which um, changes the. Uh, they instantly have the money to order a diamond. You just have to get the number and order the diamond. Right, and so the, good. Yeah, they deliver right away. Yeah, and, and yeah, there we are. Two million dollars. Yeah. We solved it. Yeah, we just, just took all of his money. I, I like the apologetic call from uh, from LucasArts. <laughs> like, oh, you actually have the rights to this uh, mm. this whole time, so we owe you back money. <laughs> um, so then the, the final thing to do is, is win this human contest in the future. So there's a very tenuous connection between winning the human contest and being able to power Laverne's machine. So it's there in the future. Uh, there is a power source, but uh, you, you need to get an extension cord into the basement. Yes, and you can't get into the basement because... Um, there is the uh, big game hunter tentacle in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he will only leave if he has to chase some humans. There is a tentacle who's guarding humans, which are the the Edisons. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have to get those humans free. Yes, um, kind of roundabout. It is very tenuous. Like it is. Uh, this does feel like the weakest area as far as design. Yeah. Um. So you have to figure out how to uh, how to make your human win, and you have to get a human. <laughs> this is this is pretty funny. I like this. Um, I really thought that I would just because all those other humans don't have tentacles with them. Uh-huh. I don't understand why she didn't just like get the get herself entered into the contest and just be the human. Oh uh, yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen for for a while. I didn't remember remember uh, this from when I was young. Mm. Um. So yeah, I, I like the way this resolves though because you have to find uh, dead cousin Ted and then dress him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there are like three criteria. There's the laugh. There's the smile and the hair. Um, and you have to get uh, a bunch of different stuff uh, from different places. So for the laugh, you get the laugh box from Uzo the Clown uh, yes. using Laverne Scalpel. And then yeah. Bernard, he's very conflicted about killing Uzo. Yeah, which, which again, <laughs> Bernard and Uzo, I love, I love that relationship. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's the, the best laugh. Um, you need to get uh, best smile, which again, the chattering teeth don't work. Nope. Uh, which is mildly annoying to me, um, which is fine. You know, there are a lot of teeth. Uh, and you have to get the, the horse's wooden teeth, um, which... Uh, how do you, uh, oh, you, yeah, this is, I don't like this puzzle very much either. <laughs> you bore him to sleep. So they're dentures. He has to take out his dentures when he goes to sleep. You have to read Bernard's physics textbook to him. Yeah. It feels like it's from a different, again, it feels like a Dave Barry joke a little bit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is so boring. Oh, science you know, is I, terrible, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. And I, maybe he says something like, this is so boring. I put a horse to sleep or something like that. And it's like, that's not an expression. And also, uh, but anyway, so that's how you get the, the dentures from a horse that I'm not sure that's there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And maybe, yeah, I don't like this puzzle string. Um, <laughs> the hair um, you end up is spaghetti. Um, so you find some spaghetti in colonial times um, and send send it forward in into the future um, where you uh, – I'm trying to remember how you soften it. 
It's it's, it's like the water in the chronojohn. Yeah, yeah, it comes out spaghetti. Um, however, it's not enough just to have the uh, hair like spaghetti hair. You have to like use a fork to twirl it. Oh, I is, forgot about that. Yeah, that's yeah. dumb. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of funny because you would do that with spaghetti, but like, uh-huh. how is it sticking there? It still looks like spaghetti. It's there, like so weird. There are meatballs. What are those meatballs made of, Gary? Gary, I don't, Gary, <laughs> no. you put it in a toilet. But, there's brown stuff, Gary. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I, yeah, th- this uh, and then um, a little bit with the fake vomit, which you get off the ceiling. Um, <laughs> we we thought it was a waffle, but it's a. Uh, oh yeah, that is uh, it is a it is a again just that was a Simpsons reference that just gets snuck into our into our. <laughs> How can we criticize Dark Souls yeah. 3 for callbacks when we do Simpsons callbacks? For, free of context is not even funny. That's yeah, kind of they're, funny. They're, like... they're, they're the same thing, apparently. <laughs> uh, putting out that major AAA game is the exact same thing as two people talking and should have the exact same uh, levels of, of narrative control. Yeah. Um, but the uh, so the, the this fake vomit, so you disqualify him by throwing it on the, the floor and he's sick because the doctor tells you that all the ton, all the humans have to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So you have to, because his hair is too good. <laughs> Yes, hair is just so great. Um, yeah. I love the sprite on the uh, the group of judges. They talk about this in the commentary, but like they couldn't have that many uh, bodies on the screen at the same time, so they had to like animate them facing the wall and then mm. like sidestepping over. <laughs> I like them. I like the judges in general. Oh, it's great. Like, I think the judges are really funny because they don't give a shit at all. Like you could be yeah. like, "Why don't you try judging this again?" They're like, "All right." Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I just, I just love dressing up this mummy. Like, just Dead Cousin Ted is the secret VIP of this series, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, so you get that. So you, the 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 um, rewards are a trophy, which is useless, and the food certifi- uh, certificate, which you can use to uh, uh, get the guard in the human kennel to uh, go to Club Tentacle and leave yes. his post. But yes, the humans like are Club Human. Yeah, like, it's just it's very it's very on the nose. Gary, I'd go to Club Human. I would probably go to the club as well. <laughs> um, but uh, but the humans are so beaten down and complacent that uh, they will not go unless you manufacture a reason for them to uh, to. Leave. Well, they're not they're not complacent. They're just like if we go, we're just going to get caught, and it's not worth it. Hmm. You know, like they're they're apathetic. Yeah. Um. You know, they're not they're not obedient. They're just Which like is a synonym a for. Well, complacent. I think <laughs> yeah, of like yeah, obedient. Yeah. You know, yeah. as opposed to does don't doesn't care, mm-hmm. uh, which is is what they are. Yeah. The um, this is I, yeah, this is annoying. Um, so they say like the one thing that make them it's so direct. Uh-huh. Like the one thing that make me run is a skunk. I'm scared of a skunk. <laughs> like okay, yeah. Um, so there's there's a there's a cat that we have to kind of chase around for a little while. Yeah. Um, to to get to get him to work, and you get a, a cat toy. Um, from when Hoagie's time, um, <laughs> the way you do it is by switching these mattresses. There's yeah. a squeaky mattress and the cat likes squeaking noises. Mm-hmm. So he, you somehow bank on him mistaking the mattress for a mouse. Yeah. And yeah. That's, you can steal his toy. Mm-hmm. So you get the squeaky toy, but you have to make the cat look like a skunk. And this is just straight up plagiarized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, by rubbing, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rubbing uh, correction fluid on the fence and making the, uh, the cat go under it. And um, the cat still jumps up on the roof though. Mm-hmm. This is a multiple. Again, this feels a little bit like padding. Um, <laughs> the cat uh, jumps up on the roof after that. Yeah. Yeah. And so. But then, then you use the squeaky toy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, this uh, gets them to run out of the basement and uh, gets them to uh, distract the clock guard as he goes and chase out, chases after them. Yeah. Um, so then you can finally get down into the basement. Um, you can't power this generator without a hamster. Uh, however because this was, he, th- this was established in present day too like when you yes. when you examine this 
Yeah. And uh, you can't, you don't want to put the hamster through their chrono job because it is, uh, it is too cruel. Yes, it is uh, a living thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so instead, um, you freeze him. Um, and the reason you do it, uh, the way you do it is not through um, like the freezer or anything like that, which I thought you would use. You use the uh, ice box that's on the second floor. <laughs> right. Um, and there's kind of a little bit of a hint here when Laverne looks at it in the future, says that's some old ice. Mm-hmm. You know, implying that it's the same ice from from modern times. Yeah. Yes. But again, it's the problem of like two possible solutions, but only one yeah. is valid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you freeze him and then you get them in the future as a little ice ice cube. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he is way too chilly to uh, to do anything. We already know this as a lazy uh, guy. So uh, we need to give him a sweater. Well, he's he's frozen first, right? Isn't that where we put him in the? Do we put him in the dryer? Oh shit! Yeah, no, you put him in the. uh, No, you put him in the microwave. And Laverne says, "This is only funny because it's the twenty second century." Yeah, like when Laverne starts talking to the camera about what you shouldn't do in these parts is pretty funny. (laughs) Yep. Um, as a part where where she she works on me, then you take the uh, the uh, sweater and you shrink it down uh, by drying it and put it on the. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the commentary is funny because they had to calculate exactly how many quarters it would take to dry for 200 years mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or else they knew people would write it and say, you got that wrong. Yeah. Or so then you, you use, you use forgot. The uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and you do that by using the crowbar on the, uh, the vending machine, mm-hmm. um, which I, I believe that's how you get the, uh, the quarters. Yeah. And then you put them all in the dryer and it just dries, uh, dries forever. Yes. And there's yeah. an inconsequential where you have to get the crowbar from the car thief. Yes, uh, by giving him a key that you find, uh, the car keys that you find somewhere. Yeah. Um, so you have the toasty warm hamster in his sweater. And this is, again, kind of some bullshit because <laughs> you put him on that. And then the uh, there's a there I is a yeah, there is a cartoon boxing glove that springs out of the wall, knocks you away. And the hamster runs into the uh, the mouse hole that's in that's the, uh, the basement. Ugh. Like it's so it's so dumb arbitrary padding and it's so goofy and outsized. Like, yeah, it's it's so cartoony. Like yeah. this is like I think it's the most egregious uh, like Looney Tunes ness that we have. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah I just don't get it. Like it's not like I need a I, like we're dealing with goofy tentacles taking over the world. I don't need like actual scientific explanations. But there's a difference between like when you complain about something being unrealistic, mm-hmm. uh, you don't really mean unrealistic because none of like a lot of fiction isn't realistic. You just mean inconsistent with the logic of the world. Right. And that's what this is. Yeah. It doesn't just, feel like it takes place here. Well, I mean, even if it's inconsistent, like it comes out of nowhere, literally. Like, yeah. you know, there was no panel next to the thing or like Dr. Addison didn't, didn't talk about installing a security system. Yeah. For, for yeah. his like workbench and stuff like that could have totally been like a thing that you could have like foreseen, but not, but done nothing about. And and the thing about it is that there's nothing to indicate that the uh, boxing glove won't go off again. So the puzzle here, after you get hit by the boxing glove, feels like it is, how do I prevent this boxing glove? In this game <laughs> about changing things in the past to protect now, I'm like, right. oh, I need to go in the past to make sure this isn't installed. <laughs> or I need to find some way to defend against this. I need to get Laverne a helmet or something like that. Yeah. Nope. No. It, is just, it just goes off once and there's nothing to signal that. It, it's <laughs> just a gag, like a stupid slapstick gag in the middle of like yep. an otherwise... It, you know, game that doesn't do that. It would have been great if you went back to Red Edison and said, ah, security at the expense of liberty is no security at all. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, you know, find something like that. The way that you get the the vacuum, I think, is very funny. Oh, yeah, like, this is great. Yeah, where you, you put in the suggestion box an ad for every home should have a vacuum. <laughs> From George's vacuums. 
Yes, and then you put that, and that becomes the Constitution. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, Before anybody knows what a vacuum is. Yeah, and just like that, that's real good. Um, but that's how you get the uh, get the the hamster out. Mm-hmm. And then again, the boxing glove doesn't go off again. It really seems like it should, but it doesn't. Yeah. Um, mildly annoying. And uh, but then you can actually power it up. Yeah, with and, uh, uh, with an extension cord from the retro room. Yes. Yeah, which I had a hard time seeing too. Oh yeah, that was annoying to me as well. I couldn't find it, and then I had to do like. Ended up actually looking at a guide uh, for it because I remembered a lot of this game weirdly enough. Like mm-hmm. a lot of it came back to me puzzle wise. Yeah. But I ended up having to look at a guide for that extension cord because it just, you know, I was in the background. Yeah. Kind of blended in. Um, but then you can use the Chrono John and get uh, everybody back to regular time. Yeah. And this uh, this takes us into the end game. Which is all pretty brief. Yeah. Um, we kind of we mess we kind of gloss over these cutscenes uh, in the future of uh, Purple Tentacle with his big villain beard. Um, in his planning room and the uh the military tentacle coming in and talking to him um i just don't want to totally gloss over those because they're very funny yeah yeah. where like it's about like are you a human sympathizer (laughs) and just like no sir i think that they're disgusting like that those little scenes are very cute and funny their fingers and their toes disgust me sir yeah that's real good um (laughs) i I like those a lot um i don't want those to get thrown out with the bathwater. that is the uh the laverne you know third yeah they have foot penises sir yeah. <laughs> yep. It's very similar. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so now that we're all back, um, purple tentacle, the machines are back, but purple tentacle actually finds one of the time machines. Yeah. Yeah. So he rushes in in the present day and then, uh, goes in there. Yes. <laughs> and so you have to go and get them, but because he took the, uh, uh, the other two machines, I guess, uh, you, you all have to cram into one and, uh, they're very on the nose. They say, didn't you see the fly? Because yeah. you're all merged together now. We're some kind of yes. monster dudes. You become this weird three-headed <laughs> version of everyone. I love the design on this thing. It's really yeah. good. It's, 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 it's super, super silly. Um, and Purple <laughs> Tentacle uh, brought back his future army, like himself from... <laughs> because it's not it's not an army of... I didn't think it was his army from the future. I thought they were all just different versions. Oh, of yeah. It's, it's all times. him, yeah. It's, yeah, which is... I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> and he has his shrinking ray, so he keeps using it on you yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to get away from him and uh like it's banking on you uh either having noticed in the past or noticing now that there is a mouse hole in the depressed guy's hotel room in the present yes yeah um so you get uh you go through that mouse hole you go into green tentacles room you can grab this bowling ball <laughs> and uh by this point the, the tentacle leaves the hallway again kind of arbitrarily like he's been guarding the hall to make sure you can't leave and then once you get the bowling ball he just leaves yeah so you can uh finally head down to the basement um <laughs> And of course, uh, because you have a bowling ball, there are 10 tentacles uh, in a uh, bowling bowling configuration. God, it's so up to taste. It really is because like we've we've attacked stuff for being too silly. These these yeah. triangular enemies lining up in a in a straight cone like that. Mm-hmm. That is so funny to me. Like, I it's, don't know why. It's it's funny to me. I think that they there's a real rapid succession of them piling on mm-hmm. the shit kind of at the end that wearied me a little bit. Mm. like it's it's funny if this had been like in an island of some parts that weren't quite so outsized yeah i would be more into it yeah like it is funny it makes the big bowling sound effect again that's a very cartoon <laughs> yeah thing um as you as you bowl them however then uh the actual purple tentacle old tentacle shows up yeah and i actually like this this puzzle a lot oh this is great um, because it's all yeah. dialogue it's all dialogue and involve it's 
banking on you noticing that Dr. Fred, being a doctor, has his little uh, reflector. <laughs> yep. and, he, and he's hanging upside down like he has been hung up uh, to dry, basically. Yes. Um, and you have to get into like, you know, I, I like this because it requires you to learn his motivations because all of his reasons for hating humanity um, have to do with what Dr. Fred did to him. Yes. <laughs> And uh, so you can kind of egg him into shrinking Dr. Fred. And uh, because he does that, it reflects off the doohickey and shrinks old tentacle, which he then stomp on, which is dark. Um, and, <laughs> and then, then email him to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, exactly. Because, again, the end of this is really piling up the cartoon stuff. Yeah. Like, it is, you know, very, 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 you know, he's just flattened because, again, cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you pull a lever and everything goes back to normal. Um, except that you think that you are still fused. Yep, you're still uh, you're still you're still a tripartite monster. Yes. Except Doctor Fred wheels out his uh, uh, X-ray panel, which I've never seen one of. Again, just one of those things. Has yeah. that ever existed? Like, is that just a media so. thing? I don't know. Um, and reveals that all of you are just uh, kind of like in the same clothes. Yes, <laughs> and just didn't didn't think about it hard enough. Yeah. Um. So you think then you think okay, everything actually is back to normal, but then you see that the American flag is perm- permanently changed. Yep. And presumably every house has a vacuum. Yep. Um, that flag is a really great, like, last shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh, you didn't think about this, did you? But now, yeah. yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> One it's of the so most... weird. Like, the line is such a weird thing for this game. It really, you know? really is. Because, like, I, I can imagine somebody saying, you know, when we're saying, oh, that's too much, saying that worked for me perfectly. Yeah, exactly. You know? And being like, and other people being like, well, the, the flag thing was a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Whereas like fucking with American history like that is very funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just know, because like, like nobody would know that it's not normal at this yeah. point. Except for, except for our principles. And that's like a very funny time travel cho- you know, trope. I think that like the time travel and different time kind of jokes mm-hmm. universally work for me. Yeah. Some yeah. of the things that are like, this is just a joke lifted directly from a Chuck Jones cartoon. Don't. Right. Um, you know, and that's the difference. Yeah. Like for me, that's where the line is. Some of the, uh, Chuck Jones kind of cartoon stuff works. The animation, like I can admire it a lot, even mm-hmm. if it's not, and it's used for puzzles. Like it is very good Yeah, that it, that it does that, but it's not something that like, I'm not like an old cartoon guy. We've had this discussion <laughs> on abject suffering yeah. like six times. Um, <laughs> and, and I am like seeing the kind of like squash and stretch kind of like bug eyed kind of stuff, uh, used in mm-hmm. pixel art is really really impressive because i played this in the old art style too um because i wanted you know it's a retro show gary uh, yeah, that, that may change exactly. but right, yeah. <laughs> yeah um but no like just like this is uh like this is a technical feat and like i yeah. I, I like that aesthetic an awful lot even if like the like the fictional elements that the uh that the mechanics of the game like revolve around don't always work for me like mm-hmm. i you know like that like that that super has a place in my heart you know yeah it, it's it's not yeah I, I I am also just as impressed by it yeah. while it just not being an aesthetic I seek out. Yeah. You know, so like if, if you put me in front of a couple different cartoons and one of them other, I mean, I love Ren and Simpy, which mm-hmm. takes a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, But like, I tried to watch a fucking episode of Man- Animaniacs recently. <laughs> Let me tell you about a show that doesn't hold up one bit. Like, oh, well, I've had, the, I've me, had me the and opposite Bra- experience. Gary. Are you serious? Me and yeah. Brayton sat in silence and watched the first episode of, Mani- of Animaniacs without <laughs> smiling once. Oh, like, that's why terrible. won't they stop singing? Like, <laughs> it is so boring and stupid. It is a bad cartoon huh. that I loved for no reason. Huh. And it's like, 
I guess it's kind of funny that there are birds that are good fellas, but like <laughs> they, they're going to do that joke literally every two episodes. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy to me. I don't know. But like, so I, I don't mean to pull the age car, but that just like kind of like Star Wars. Like, I think I was like born at the right time for the revival of that, like animation stuff. Yeah. Jerry, what I think is you were born in a cultural desert. And you've suffered for it ever since. That's very well possible. <laughs> I, uh, it's the cultural desert where the only thing I re- react to emotionally is the X Men animated series <laughs> and the game Gremlins. <laughs> I'm like that and Gremlins. The uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I watched Animaniacs uh-huh. and I watched uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. Mm-hmm. Like I watched both those shows. Yeah, but like I just I like I had a very like oh this is this does not. Mm. Ooh. It was it was one of those things too where like if somebody had been there and been like guys fucking animaniacs like let's watch it's gonna be awesome it totally holds up it would have like you know that's uh, that's the worst feeling in the world when somebody is like watch this you'll love it and then they don't love it Mm because it's literally me and brayton like drinking beers staring at the tv like we were watching like 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 we were in school (laughs) incredible yeah i I trust your guys's judgment but like where i thought you were where where i thought you were going with it was like you know sometimes it happens where like somebody brings you something they really love and -hmm. their enthusiasm for it is contagious and you're like you're seeing it through their eyes oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's that totally happens yeah. Like that is that is one hundred percent a thing. That is a big reason why when I go to um Kung Fu Theater, which I don't always do, but like once a month there's Kung Fu Theater, and like I like it because it's weird and unpredictable, but mm-hmm. I really only like it because I go with Ben and Courtney, because uh, they love it. Yeah. You know, so it's really fun to watch them just like absolutely adore this shit. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's it's not an aesthetic I seek out. It's one that I can see is being done masterfully here though. Yeah. So yeah. it is really, really impressive. And adventure game wise, like m- almost all the praise this game gets is deserved as far as like fairness of the puzzles where like uh, puzzles are well signaled. Like, you know what you need to do. There are hints on how to do it. Um, Most of the things make sense. You know, I I, I really think that adding the uh, kind of like the nod toward causality helped Mm -hmm. them focus it because it was like one set of logic that had to be adhered to as opposed to like a lot of stuff where it's like one internal, like coherent, uh, kind of like continuity that really just exists in somebody's head. Like they had to like, uh, like hook a lot of stuff to somebody's external uh, kind of, uh, or they had to, they had to hook um, a lot of the puzzles to like an external logic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's really novel. Yep. Like it's not something that you see a lot in, uh, saw in adventure games or see a lot in video games at all. Yeah. Um, I like the shadow of destiny or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would, that uh, at this point I would really recommend people go play uh Ben there, Dan that. And hmm. um, Time Gentlemen, please. Uh, those are two, eh, not like modern. They came out in like 2008, 2009. Uh, but like real throwbacks to LucasArts style games. Like like the mm-hmm. collection is available for like three bucks on Steam. Or uh, like it's it's been like 20 cents, I feel like, on Steam before. It's <laughs> oh, gone shit. on such discount. Like, yeah, like, like yeah. Th- those are some of my favorite like modern adventure games. Um, and they, yeah. they, they really lean on the same kind of aesthetic. Um, and the, yeah, and they're, like, they're the same mechanic. Good. Yeah same kind of same kind of logic like it's really impressive i was trying to when i was playing this like the puzzle design really works for me um the aesthetic only kind of does i was trying to determine like what it is about i i when we were announced redoing this and and the remastered version came out i was like oh yeah this is gonna be like i i loved it when i was super young i was like mm-hmm. this is gonna be top 100 top of the pops like i'm gonna be like oh this is gonna be a perfect game kind of thing for me mm-hmm. and i it doesn't feel like that to me quite and i was trying to examine why and i think the reason why I react stronger to the earlier LucasArts games is that even though some of the puzzles are a little bit more bullshitty, mm-hmm. they're like, 
there's a little bit more rough edge to the personality yeah to them like the hu- like the humor is a little less cartoony it's a little less like it's weirdly like they feel a little bit less safe yeah and it's so weird to say that like day of the tentacle feels kind of safe but it kind <laughs> of does yeah it's kind of like packaged version of this this humor yeah whereas like when those things would sneak in in like monkey island 2 or in, in maniac mansion it was really surprising you know, like staircase out of order is one joke in the middle of this kind of like thing that isn't about that. Right. You know, whereas that would be a background gag that was one of a thousand gags yeah. uh, in the same even scene mm-hmm. in Day of the Tentacle. You know, like there's a little bit of that kind of like surprise element that's missing for me. I, I mean, do you think that surprise comes from like an element of insecurity a little bit like they didn't know what they wanted this to be so much? I, I think this is I think this is what they wanted. It feels like what they wanted it to be, I think. It's just what they wanted. It's like it's almost too it's like just missing the rough edges, you know, mm-hmm. like it's missing a little bit of that kind of uh, uh, I don't even know what they call it. Like some of the personality shaved off. Yeah. 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 Like it's almost too much. They know what it want, they want it to be, <laughs> you know, because th- th- this is and that's largely how I feel about like a lot of the the Schaefer led LucasArts games, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like they have a really, really unified kind of aesthetic and everything, even though I think this is the most successful puzzle wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're a little too kind of complete, yeah. Uh, in a way that makes them feel a little safey, yeah. you know. How uh, how old were you when you played this first? I had not too long after after it came out, mm. so maybe a year after it came out. So I would have been like what fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. fourteen or so. Yeah, yeah. I played this uh, for the first time, so I never had it when it was uh, contemporary. I played it mm-hmm. uh, in Scum VM, like I was in a. Uh, just a real mood to play just a shitload of these. So, like, I did Monkey Island 1 through 3, and then, uh, um, oh, gosh, Indiana Jones, and then this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, this was when I was in college, I think. Um, you know, 2008, 2009, so I was, like, 1920. And uh, that felt, uh, it held up really well for me there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it, it doesn't, it's still very good. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is not a game I dislike. It's yeah. a game I really, really like. Um, it's just, I was kind of, like I said, I was expecting it to like kind of take the crown and it, it doesn't yeah, really yeah. for me and, and replaying, it's been interesting to kind of examine why, Yeah, you know, and I also understand the person for whom this is perfect. Oh, yeah. like a big part of like, if you are just way into the like Chuck Jones gag a minute kind of cartoon stuff, like this is the closest you're going to get to playing that. <laughs> and it's a really good adventure game on top of it, like has really, really wonderful puzzles. Um, some of, some of my favorite, like, mm-hmm. you know, some of my favorite all time, like the, the statue puzzle and the, um, constitution thing, like one for humor and one for kind of ingeniousness or like yeah, yeah. two of my favorite adventure game puzzles of all time. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I don't want to sound like I'm too down on it. No, no, I, I don't think, yeah. I mean, like, I don't yeah. think that uh, listeners might think that, but like, you know, it's just, a I don't know, like a lot of this exists because of the fact that it, uh, um, kind of happens to be the sequel to Maniac Mansion. <laughs> totally that that's part of it too which is a game that like fair or unfair like there are things i think about maniac mansion that probably have nothing to do with maniac mansion Mm -hmm. they just have to do with it coming to me at the right age and being a bunch of firsts Mm -hmm. you know so it just it felt so fresh yeah um and then this kind of like not really being like some of the elements like this is a sequel but it is not (laughs) not really like it's such a left turn (laughs) yeah it doesn't uh it has such different um, kind of design values. Yeah. You know, whereas like Maniac Mansion is very much about, this is a very linear game. Mm-hmm. Like you can do things in different orders, but there's one way to complete it. Um, you have to, there aren't optional puzzles in it. 
you know, you have to complete every puzzle in the game. Right. Whereas Maniac Mansion is very much about that kind of like a little bit more sandboxy, a little bit more nonlinear, and it has that kind of terror, you know, <laughs> horror mixed in. Yeah. And that's just a combination that's, those are aesthetics and values that speak to me. Oh, yeah. A lot. And even when I was little, like reading about this and that, like Russell Demaria guide, like that still mm -hmm. stuck to me. Like, oh, you can, you can be set on fire because you got a recording contract. Yeah, like that, <laughs> that kind of thing, even though on one level, you could say that's bad design because you put the player into a fail state. Mm -hmm. On another level, hey, just save your game every 15 minutes <laughs> and then you get to see this really weird thing. Yeah. You know, this like outlandish joke that like is a little darker than anything in in Day of the Tentacle, you know, and a little bit like more surprising, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it, it's then when I say safer, that's part of what I think I'm responding to, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that like, you know, that's it, the game doesn't fuck you over at any point, which is great. Yeah. You know, that is that, that's there's something to be said for that. But there's also something to be said for the kind of like insecurity that comes with not knowing that the game or knowing that the game can, could fuck you over, like something yeah. bad can actually happen. Yeah. And I think that that like just LucasArts is such a kind of like bottle universe in the kind of like realm of video game studios like this falls on a different part of the arc. And that yeah. previous thing that like you know i came to this expecting it to be a maniac mansion thing like it you know it, it just falls in a different place and like yeah everything had moved forward like a certain number of clicks since that you know you know and i i i don't want anybody to think that i dislike this either i really love this game yeah it's it's yeah. really really good it just it's it's one of those things where i really like it but feel like i should like it even more yeah, yeah. you know if that makes any sense like mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this this should be perfect for me. And instead, it's still just very, very good for me. <laughs> like, this falls in, like, the 75th percentile of the games we've ever covered for oh, the totally. show, I think. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's up there. It's very good. And, and as far as adventure games, like, I like this more than, I like, The Longest Journey. You know, yeah. like, I like this. There's, you know, this is, uh, I like this more than, like, The Blade Runner adventure game. Like, this is still up there for adventure games for me. Yeah. Um, It is just, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, and part of it's just expectations. One of the things that's interesting about Day of the Tentacle 2 is that I really wish they had maintained and some people would disagree with this, but I don't feel like with the games that came after this, I already said this, they maintain the same level of kind of design for them. So as much as I like, I love the way that full throttle looks and, and, you know, is kind of aesthetically presented mm -hmm. the puzzles in it feel worse to me mm. from my memory. And like the car combat parts are really obnoxious. Oh yeah. Those and are there's like egregious. There's, there's like, and then, uh, uh, Sam and Max, which I, I really love the personality of again, mm -hmm. Like that game is very funny and I mean, Super Cell is a national treasure. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he's he's great and those characters are great, but it's just the kind of design, the puzzles aren't as good. Right. You know, so they never quite hit this. I would say that like in Schaefer era LucasArts, like this is probably the best game. Oh, yeah. That they I mean, did. Like, and I've referred to this as like LucasArts at the height of their powers. Like from yeah. the, like, you know, they just like not including the Schaefer era part, but like if you look at like production values and, you know, just kind of like general complexity, like they found a really, really good balance here. It's just like, yeah. how much do you value? How much do you value balance? It's yeah, exactly. Like, and, and it's, it's kind of weird that that happened this early on, you know, this is a relatively, you know, it's not an early, uh, because arts game, but it's not a late one either. Like 1993 feels super late. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but I mean, after yeah. this, though, there's still there are a lot of games that came after this as well. Right. And I was just expected to keep going up and it doesn't. You know, it's kind of that's just kind of interesting to me. Yeah. And again, I don't I like uh, uh, Full Throttle and I like Sam and Max a lot. Yeah. And I like Grim Fandango a lot, even though like mm -hmm. that's the I said, I'm scared to revisit it. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to or that yeah. like I didn't like it when I played it. It is just uh, the fact that like it didn't just keep getting better from here is kind of surprising. 
And it, it's a weird thing I associate kind of with Tim Schafer. Like I like Tim Schafer, but it's a double fine thing too. Mm-hmm. Is this like kind of perfect unified aesthetic and not like not perfect kind of play yeah. kind of thing. Uh, even though this has really good play, I guess that's not, that's different than this, but <laughs> that is like having an element missing, you know, like a really complete vision 80% of the way, but then having something missing is something that I associate with, with kind of Tim Schafer led games. Yeah. You know, not to call the guy out. Like, he's, no. he's great. He's, he's, like, he's, wonderful. He's, he's wonderful. Like, I love him in interviews. We met him that one time. You, or I met him at, at PAX. He was super drunk. Yeah. It was really great. Um, <laughs> he was a... real sweet. He's giving everybody hugs. Like, they were playing that weird double fine dubstep game on the, the thing, and he got yeah. up and danced to it, and he was the God. best. Like, I would love to he's... meet Tim Schafer. Like, that, like, that is one of my favorite. Uh, like, so, like, Tim Schafer is up there with Shaq for me. <laughs> oh yeah cause he, well he's such a, yeah he's such an uncle like god would he like i don't want him to adopt me i want him to marry my mom or not marry my mom marry my mom's sister i guess would be what i want to have happen <laughs> like, oh man because he, uh, he is i i love him as a, as a person and again i have so much respect for him like stewarding these mm-hmm. old games yeah it's just a lot of the games that he's personally involved with i find just something missing and it's a bummer yeah because i still end up liking them but i end up liking them in spite of something really hard yeah i mean you know? you, you just you don't like docking points from somebody that nice you know yeah exactly i don't feel like i want to like just unequivocally love brutal legend <laughs> you know and that's just it just it can't happen you right. know like it's just you know yeah i don't like i just i can't i don't like playing it very much even even something like um uh, psychonauts which like, i like that game a lot yeah there are a lot of things I don't like about it, though. That's kind you know, of gone is... up in the uh, in the annals of games that like would be really dangerous for us to do. Like, I'm I'm probably putting too much power behind that word dangerous, but like we would have some stern words for Psychonauts, yeah, right? And like, Cause it, yeah, it's it's a it's a 3D platformer of a certain <laughs> vintage, so it, yeah. therefore it's kind of not good in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Um, but like, it, and that's not to say we'll never do it or anything either. And like, I think that the history is kind of cooled on that game a little bit. Like people have recognized the things that are annoying about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit, uh, but it's like I I want to just have that be an unequivocal win because it is so. The ways in which it's good are so good. Yeah, but just in my hands, I can't. I get frustrated. You know, like I just get frustrated. Maybe the answer would be to do it for the show and then just have save state. So those parts where it's like, oh, I'm trying to make this fucking meat circus jump, <laughs> you know, for the thousandth thousandth time, or the yeah. uh, the backstage play jump. Like for the thousandth time, I can just literally save state and just reload if I don't yeah, make it. Yeah, yeah. And save save on that tedium. Yeah. You know? But like, you know, the majority of the people who are going to play it are going to play it on Xbox or PS2. Yeah. Right. And you know, or through any other like avenue that you would play those versions of the game. Like it'd be dis- it would be dishonest to like not talk about how that part of it is frustrating. Like yeah. we would still need to like hit that, address it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's so it's so like we talk about like or something I, I talk about all the time is that like writing matters, you yeah. know, when we talk about that on shows and like he's so yeah. good at that. Like he's S rank. I mean, see New Vegas, like this whole last yeah. month of the shows that we've done, you know, writing totally matters, but it doesn't 100 percent redeem a thing. And like mm-hmm. New Vegas, uh, you know, the play in New Vegas is not great. It's also not a war crime. You know, <laughs> and I never got like there. I've never gotten as frustrated playing New Vegas as I got during certain moments in Psychonauts. Yeah. You know, um. And that's like, it kind of sucks that it's this, this high, incredibly high heights. And mm-hmm. then these lows that are not, you know, it's not abject suffering material, but it ends up being, it, it just, does make me associate it with the game. It's not in service, you know? Yeah. 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 It just doesn't help. And it's just, it's just kind of like the Schaefer conundrum that like bums me out despite being him being a person who I like adore. Yeah. You know, I just, I wish that 
I wish that the games had like, and again, I don't want him on any morning quarterback because it's obviously no. cares. I don't feel like he's not doing the best <laughs> job he can. Right. It's just, I end up getting, you know, frustrated by these parts. Everything here is in good faith. And like, what's remarkable about this is that like, this is a game with two directors, which mm-hmm. you just, you never see. You never see we, it we being didn't mention this, but I love the the randomization thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, like this was a this was a uh, uh, Dave Grossman Tim Schafer joint, and they mm-hmm. randomized it so their name would appear first. Like these are two people, these are two professionals who worked in the same office for years and years, and then 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 they were called up to the major leagues uh, to where they can like, hey, you guys can lead this stuff, and then they decided this super egalitarian thing where like we're going to like make this game that has a unified uh, this unified aesthetic uh but like both of us can get credit for it like Mm -hmm. that is that is amazing like that is a testament to uh to professionalism and it's a testament to like hey the work matters more than either of our egos yeah and and just their their friendship and relationship yeah it's really cute watching like the making of or reading that uh that oral history and just seeing also the idea of of ron gilbert kind of like you know them literally being like what would ron do in this situation you know (laughs) like it is really cute the idea of this this guy who i also have tons of respect for you know is one of my favorite game creators uh like kind of stewarding these two people and taking them under his wing you know and making like helping them to be these these wonderful forces yeah because ron gilbert was involved in like the earliest kind of uh, like incarnation of this yeah the time travel game was his thing where he's like you guys want to do a time travel game yep you know we saw that that in the cave but like this you know manifested like 20 years earlier it is it is it is a wonderful game and it is an unequivocal recommendation if you have any stomach for adventure game stuff like oh yeah you're going to dig it there's enough here to like no matter what even if you know the aesthetics are not for you or you don't like it. you know if you're going to try a classic inventory rub adventure game <laughs> like this is a really good one to work with it's a it's a really good like midpoint between between yeah. where it either got like too focused on narrative or too focused on like inventory chaff yeah yeah, pretty very, good. Very good. Gary, um, so the time travel stuff has gotten me hungry to play Shadow of Memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to play that at some point. Me too. Um, I don't want to do it right away because I'm adventure gamed out. I like spacing out adventure games. Yeah. But uh, that, that's been on, like, I feel like on the, the maybe list for, for a while for a long time. <laughs> for about, like, three years. Gary, we've yeah. been doing this for so long. We're coming yeah. up on, like, the five-year anniversary. That's amazing. It keeps feeling like, um, like oh, well, yeah, we, we keep talking about doing that. And then there are things that we've said that for. Mm-hmm. Like, I if you charted the first time we talked about doing like freedom force <laughs> it was probably like four years ago. Yeah. And then to not get to it is pretty amazing. Yep. Um, the, uh, yeah. So we, we, we have to, uh, this year, I mean, we're doing some of that this year. Yep. We're doing some like clearing out some stuff that we've always wanted to do, but we should work on that moving into next year too. For sure. Like, let's get some stuff off the decks that we, we want to talk about. <laughs> um, and yeah. I would, I would be way into doing a, a shadow of destiny or shadow of memories or depending on which, uh, which translation it is. Yeah um yeah uh yeah so uh so thanks for listening um what we're doing next um is an episode on deus ex invisible war yes this is the sequel to deus ex the game that uh, gary and i both love um mm-hmm. and i'm enjoying deus ex invisible war gary it's a good game yeah. like it, it has a really shitty reputation it's very underrated um just bank up a little bit of that goodwill for the ending because the ending is not as strong <laughs> as the beginning. i'm not to the ending yet so i appreciate yeah. that but the uh, the beginning, like it is, it is a fun game. You still get to do Deus Ex shit. Yeah, uh, it is not as good as the first one. <laughs> you know, but don't let the Deus Ex be the enemy of the uh, of the good Deus Ex Invisible War. Is <laughs> how that that saying goes. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is like a game that is perpetually on sale. 
Um, I would recommend people try it, at least for the first uh, third, which is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, after that, uh, we can announce uh, the winners of our rhythm game poll. So this, this is, couldn't have uh, worked out better if I had <laughs> if I had planned it. Like these were the ones I wanted to win. So yeah, well, because you're going to be traveling, so you can play these both on their on your DS. Yeah, and yeah. and I was going to riot if uh, Rhythm Heaven didn't end up in there. I mean, I wasn't going to really <laughs> riot, but ri- throw like, Molotov cocktails around, <laughs> through coal. That <laughs> 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 was uh, fine. Like any of these would have been great, but we we're going to be playing uh, uh, Lead Beat Agents and uh, Rhythm Heaven. Yes, I am excited and intimidated that that's my edit. Because it's going to be fun <laughs> to use that music, but there's just going to be pressure to use every single song. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I won't do, uh, but I'm going to use a lot of it because mm-hmm. uh, it is. I, I do really love it. Yeah. Um, I started playing Rhythm Heaven again last night uh, mm-hmm. just because I, I and uh, found my old save. And it is the one of the things that's true about both these games that I really love is that they're rhythm games and they're hard. Like <laughs> yeah. you have to like really practice, but getting it is very satisfying. Um, have you have you played Rhythm Heaven? Yeah. Before? Um getting the uh i have like a very distinct gaming memory of like figuring out lockstep Mm. in that i don't know if you that's kind of an infamous uh stage in rhythm heaven where it is just marching on a beat but then at kind of intervals you switch to the offbeat yeah and it's pretty quick paced no and figuring out what i needed to do with my hands to do (laughs) that was like a real like whoa it's a rhythm heaven is one of the as one of the most powerful educational games I've ever played yeah. because it teaches you about so many different like rhythm methods. Mm-hmm. Um, not like where you, you know, fuck not on the period, but um... <laughs> <laughs> not, not, yeah, not the Christian, Christian teen rhythm method. <laughs> right. No, no. But like it teaches you so many different, like uh, just like rhythm principles, you know? Yeah. And, and it does it through such a simple, like just on off state. Yep. Which I love. I love how simple the controls are. Like yeah. I can't, I'm going to play the new one. Oh God, uh, me too. I was going to say that. Now. Like I'm, I'm like buying that tonight. Yeah. I'm so excited for it. Cause it's like, I mean, I, I don't want to tempt myself away from the old one for the show, so I'm yeah. going to wait until I get through that. But, like, <laughs> I'm pretty much always done for Rhythm Heaven. Yeah. And Elite to Beat Agents is really cool, too. Like, I haven't played that to completion, but I played that before and really liked it. Yeah. Um, and so for games like Rez or any of the others that lost the poll, like, those are going to, mm-hmm. you know, show up later. Like, those are games yeah. that we are really interested in playing. Like, yeah, like, years later, but still, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we, we, we love those games, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm very excited these ones won. It's going to be a really fun kind of bright episode yeah um after that we are doing our summer uh jrpg yeah which uh this year is fantasy star 4 mm. um we're doing that uh two episodes uh in a row and then an, uh, an extra episode yeah after that so we're splitting that in half the split point i don't know yet but yep. i am getting kind of ahead on it which is good and i'll be able to declare that <laughs> at some point um yeah, yeah and i've been i've been revisiting that and enjoying it um it is still a jrpg so it has yep. all those issues but uh Fantasy Star, I was looking at um, like the history of Fantasy Star, and I've got such a soft spot in my heart for it. Yep. Because it came early and did a bunch of things early, mm-hmm. just not best. <laughs> right. So like looking at Fantasy Star 2, which came out uh, two years before Final Fantasy 4 and did like a bunch of the same kind of cool stuff. Right. You know, um, it's, it's really neat to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Uh, you can play this. Uh, so uh, emulator is always an option. Uh, it's available on the Sega Genesis collection on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some like PSP kind of stuff uh, that you can probably check out, but not really. Um, yeah, but it's still there for you to check out. And uh, yeah. I'm very curious about it. Yeah, it has um, it has macros. It has gambits, essentially. I mean, they're not if-then <laughs> statements, but you can program in different macros for your characters. So you just choose between like one of 10 macros for your battle. Yeah. And it makes battles go by really quickly because you have your just like everybody attacks for, for trash mobs and like your tactical, everybody uses their most powerful shit. 
that you can use for slightly bigger ones. It makes the combat go by really quick. Yeah. Uh, which is essentially the, the only thing you want out of a JRPG. Like, <laughs> how long does this combat last? Is it quick? Please then numb, the, numb this yeah, pain. Now, please make this end as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, and it, it does a really good job of that. Yeah. Um, after that, we're not exactly sure what we're doing. And that's, we're getting into a corridor of live episodes and live appearances and planning around such. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll announce that uh, maybe not even next, next episode. Maybe uh, a little bit after that, we might go a little bit close to the wire, I guess. Yeah. Um, once we figure that out. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. But we appreciate everybody who is uh, uh, following along and playing along. And uh, man, Gary, I'm happy we do this show. Yeah, it's very fun. I, I, I really like it. And coming up on five years is pretty crazy. The, um, <laughs> do we we don't have anything for that slot. Do we want to do anything that's like an anniversary thing? Do we want to um, do anything special? Maybe let's uh, let's talk about it offline. Yeah, we'll figure we'll figure something out because yeah, five years feels significant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you guys very much for listening. Um, if you like the show, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash duckfeed TV mm-hmm. and uh, give us a couple bucks a month. Uh, two bucks gives you access to our Slack channel, which is growing and awesome. Yeah. Um, if you uh, don't want to do that, um, it's free to rate or review the show on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, if you use iTunes, <laughs> um, if you do end up uh, uh, backing on Patreon and enjoying the Slack channel, I would like to thank our many Slack mods uh, who we oh, yeah. recently installed. Um, just uh, we have so many channels uh, for different uh, areas and uh, areas and interests. Uh, it has always been a great place to be, but those Slack mods uh, uh, assure that it continues to be a great place to be. And yeah, um, yeah it is uh, continually a positive force in our lives. We're doing our best to make it a place where people aren't shitheads, right? And the mods are helping us do that because, like, I don't. We can't monitor. There are enough channels, <laughs> enough subjects, enough people that we can't monitor it. Um, and it's been, it's worked out really well so far. And even previous to that, like, it's the kind of place where people start becoming shitty and someone's just like, hey, cool it. And then they do. <laughs> and then listen, yeah. Yeah, like, as opposed to, like, taking it as a challenge. Like, how, how can I make this person feel bad for more? This person tried to make me realize something. You know, <laughs> like, how do, how do I get revenge on them for making me self-reflect? Uh, so far, nobody has been like that. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, like two people cannot ma- cannot moderate, um, you know, 500. But uh, yeah. with our just wonderful community members who have been here, like almost since the beginning or very close to yeah. it, um, we're able to do it. And uh, we are eternally grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for doing that. And thank you if you decide to join us. If you don't want to rate or review us or give to us on Patreon, the other thing you can do is tell friends about the show. That helps a lot. Uh, so in those message board posts you see on your Neo gaps and the like where people are like, <laughs> what gaming podcast do you listen to? If you listen to Watch Out for Fireballs, be like, I like these guys. <laughs> and uh, that's helpful. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And if you know somebody in real life who's just like, man, I don't have the time to replay Earthbound. You can just kind of <laughs> slip them a flash drive. Yeah. On, on the down though. On the sly. Yeah. Or if you know somebody who just really, really loves Final Fantasy VII, just say like, oh, man. I got a URL for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's the deep shit. Meet me on the deep web. Um, the, uh, yeah, because it is. Uh, it's easier to make us replay the thing than for you to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are all helpful things. Um, if you can't do any of those things, uh, regardless of which, what should you watch out for, Cole? Well, they should watch out for uh, wind socks. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Right. I didn't yeah. think about it ahead of time, but there we are. You should watch out for the Kennedy penises. Whip you in the eye. (laughs) So.
is true though. Wind socks like are always at eye level and they just flap. <laughs> it's the worst. Always at eye level. <laughs> yeah, like wind socks. I always see them like in yards. Oh yeah, I guess at yards. Yeah, yeah. yards are uh, are a different beast, I suppose. Yards are a different beast. <laughs> Truth, the old saying goes. Um, there's a at work. Um, there's a little like disused print shop that I have to walk through to traverse different areas of work. Yeah. And there is a, a coat rack that is perfectly at eye level mm-hmm. that is shaped like something designed to scoop out your eye. <laughs> like I, I, every time I walk near it, I, I just imagine what it would be like to not be paying attention and just literally have my eye like ice cream scooped out. Oh God. From walking into this, this coat coat hook. <laughs> so when I think of wind socks, I think of, uh, so, you know, I, I, <laughs> I am a child of divorce as you are, but, mm-hmm. um, my, my, my dad, you know, like my youngest memories of him are always going, uh, going fishing, right? Like fishing mm-hmm. for like walleye and carp and all that stuff. And in one of my, uh, uh, like third grade art classes, we were tasked with making a windsock and I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make a windsock of a carp because there was like a Japanese kind of influence to this. And so I made mm-hmm. a, a carp windsock for my dad. And so whenever I think of a, of, of a windsock, I always think of my dad. Because okay. he still has that. Like when I go over to his house for holidays and stuff, there is Cole's carp windsock reminding me of how I am a bad son. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm fine. I'm doing okay. 